I um, turned my uh, ceiling fan off because it makes too much noise. Oh, okay. <laughs> I don't know why, but I thought you farted. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that was probably my couch squeaking as I was getting up and up and down on it. Yes, yes. And all around. The cow. <laughs> I recently rewatched uh, Scary Movie 3 with my sister. And, like, most of it sucks or is stupid. Yeah. But there's, like, one part where, like, the main girl, like, goes to sit down in this chair when she's meeting the Oracle because it's, it's parodying stuff. So they're parodying the Matrix. She, like, sits down and makes, like, a a little noise like that she's like oh i'm sorry it's the couch then the oracle sits down in in her chair it's like (laughs) the most ridiculous part ever it's like yes it was the couch i don't know i was just thinking of that my 23 year old brain is actually it's more like a 12 year old brain (laughs) yeah yeah alrighty um alright so welcome to store brand comics everybody I'm T.O. and I'm Brandon and uh today I I should say like this I should say and I'm Brandon because uh (laughs) that's that's uh the rocks voice for Black Adam is it? It sounds like he's just kind of talking like normal. We'll get into it. It's like, it's pretty much the Rock's voice, but he's trying to change it a little, and it just yeah, sounds so, weird. Yeah, it sounds like he's just kind of putting on a serious voice. I don't know why he doesn't just try to sound like the Rock, because it sounds stupid. Yeah, but putting on his, his Scorpion King voice. Exactly. That's what it sounds like. Um... But yeah, so uh, DC Fandom—that's uh, what we're talking about. All the um, trailers and announcements and reveals and teasers and and and, and, and ticklers and pickles, pickles. And, and... Yeah, they, uh, they released a new uh, uh, pickle Rick Batman variant where it's pickle rick is in a batman costume is that real that sounds like something they'd do it sounds like something they would do yeah surprised there isn't stuff like that yeah there's probably there's probably an etsy account that makes like plushies like that yeah unlicensed plushies yep exactly um (laughs) i'm pickle batman (laughs) Uh, ugh i ugh I feel sick saying that now. <laughs> so, uh, so yeah, um, I guess we'll we'll start with some uh, some uh, slightly smaller stuff and work our way up in terms yeah, of like, what we're talking about today. Yeah, I've kind of got them like laid out, and just shows how professional I've got uh, a word document. Oh. I, I have like no notes for any of them because it's all in yeah. my head. But like I've got like basically least to best in my opinion, um, which I, I think like most people will like agree on like the last half most likely. Yeah. 
Yeah, so um, I guess least-ish. We could probably start with the video game stuff they announced. Well, we can we can uh, we can build to that. Yeah, I'd say that that was like leaning towards like the highlights of it. Oh, all right. What? Okay. Well, what what it was your least thing then? The least was probably the Black Adam trailer. Yeah, probably. Um, um, the reason I say that is uh, before this trailer, I thought the movie was canceled anyway. <laughs> I forgot <laughs> that this was a thing. Yeah, um, I figured after like the whole Justice League universe like crashed, like I thought this definitely wasn't happening. Um, yeah, but then but then Shazam um, was successful. It here's the thing: it was critically, but in terms of box office, it did like kind of the worst for DC movies, which I hate. I hate that it did because I thought it's one of the best DC movies. Um, but yeah, box office wise, it did like the worst. Yeah, well, yeah, but um, DC and Warner Brothers—they're also um, very much just kind of throwing baloney at the windows to see what sticks. That's literally what it for, seems like for yeah, the most part. Like... So, it, it it's really one of those things where it's like I think I've said this before. They'll announce like eight movies for one year, and maybe two or three of them will come out. But um, yeah. Yeah, like, uh, so it, you know, it doesn't shock me, regardless of the success of the um, DC universe they were trying to build, that Black Adam is still moving forward. It's just so weird that this is the one that's still moving forward, because they had, like, so much stuff, like, so much, like, big stuff. Like, not saying Black Adam isn't big, but, like, when you compare it to some of the other stuff, it's like, this is what's moving forward? Well, The Rock has been pushing for this movie, I think, since that, before Man of Steel ever even I think, came out. Yeah, I think that's the big reason it's still coming out is because of The Rock. Because he's pushing. I feel like The Rock possibly has some investment in this in terms of, like, money. I He might, and I think he also has a personal investment in this because, um, like, like, Black Adam's an obscure character, um, and it's definitely going to be the popularity of the rock that pushes people towards this movie and not yeah, like yeah. name recognition um for the character yeah but um so like i feel like yeah there might be some financial investment in this movie from him personally like he might be one of the producers or something of it but at the same time i feel like there's also probably a personal investment in that like it kind of feels like he just genuinely likes the character and wants to actually yeah. like boost his profile yeah, yeah. I feel like uh, I'm not comparing them in sense of like quality wise, but in terms of passion wise, I probably would compare it to like Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool. How Ryan Reynolds yeah. have been like pushing that since like 2005 or six. Um, yeah, this is like a this is like Ryan Reynolds and Deadpool, or like Vin Diesel and Riddick. Yeah, like, exactly. This is something where it's like if it feels like he genuinely cares enough about this character. That yeah. no matter how long it takes, he's going to like push a movie forward about him. Yeah, that that is probably the coolest part about all of this is just like his passion for it. So at least he's yeah. going to try. It's not just going to be another. Oh yeah, guy. we're we are going to get. I know it's one of it's going to be a serious role, and The Rock doesn't really do well with serious roles. But um, we are definitely going to be getting 
peak Dwayne Johnson uh, yeah. in terms of um, effort for this yeah. movie. And whether um, it's good or bad, we'll have to see. Yeah. Now, the Dwayne Johnson, The Rock, does strike me as the type of dude who, no matter what movie he's in, he's always like giving it his best. Oh yeah, yeah. It's it's so crazy. He has a ridiculous work ethic. Um, oh uh, yeah, the, they, the amount of movies he'll be working on is and, just insane. Yeah, and and he always gives like the best he possibly can for anything he's working on. And if you if you want to learn about. Um, like Dwayne Johnson like as a person and how he got this like crazy powerful work ethic and why he's just always doing things all the time um I suggest listening to um the podcast Wizard and the Bruiser they're like a nerd history podcast and they have an episode on Dwayne Johnson and yeah so I definitely recommend um trying to find that episode because uh it was very interesting to learn about like his life yeah so, um, and that's that's mostly how I learned about uh, uh, things about The Rock is just listening to that episode of that podcast and be like, oh, wow, that's crazy. That explains yeah. a lot. That is interesting because, like, right now, I think the thing that would uh, currently, without like much trailer stuff or anything, right now, what would be pushing me to see this movie would be simply because, like, the rock is a very likable person him as a person is probably the only reason i would possibly see this movie right now um, yeah the, for me i have a couple reasons i like i like the rock as an actor and also um i'm genuinely interested to see what a black adam movie looks like yeah yeah because uh because his opponents in this movie are the JSA the justice society of america yeah, uh, which includes Hawkman. Hey, uh, uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, so, yeah, I'm just I'm very interested to see it myself. Yeah, like I, yeah, I, I'm sure as more trailer stuff comes around, like it'll start looking better. But if you were just yeah. like, hey, this is all you got. Movie comes out next week. I would definitely not see it. Just because, like, I, I don't know. Like, this, I, I know it's, it's like, 2021 or whatever, but, like, they could have showed, they could have done a little something. A little something extra. Like, actually show me some stuff and not just CGI pictures. It's not even well, CGI yeah, it trailer. It's CGI pictures that look like an ending to a Mortal Kombat character story. If you play Mortal <laughs> yeah, Kombat, that's what it looks like. like. Uh... It does look like Black Adam's um, ending montage in the Injustice games, doesn't exactly. it? Exactly. But um, yeah, it would, they because for for listeners who probably might not have seen the uh, trailer, um, it's just the Rock narrating over concept art. Um, is kind yeah. of what it is. Yeah. So, uh, uh, like, there's not a whole lot to it, but. Um, yeah, I'm still interested. And uh, they got uh, Jimon Honsu back as the wizard Shazam. Oh, okay, cool. Um, so this is definitely connected to the Zachary Levi Shazam thing in yeah. some fashion. Um, now, whether or not they make another Shazam movie before any of those kids are adults. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah to have like Black Adam appear in a Shazam movie. Uh, 
then we'll, we'll, that's that remains to be seen. Yeah, you either gotta like, you either gotta do it like right now or wait a couple years because I don't really want to hear the squeaky voice teens because that's pretty much what they're going through right now is is puberty. Either let puberty yeah. pass or do it before puberty. I don't, I don't want to hear this. Yeah. But yeah, like, yeah, that here's the thing, like movie as a whole, I know whenever a trailer comes out, I'll definitely be more interested in it. It's just like, I, the big thing that is like pushed me towards is the rock and his passion for it. He's wanted to do this for so long. That also kind of frighten frightens me how long it's taking to do this because like, it seems like they've had delays and setbacks and stuff like that. And it just makes me, I don't know. It almost gives me a, a Duke Nukem Forever vibe. Mm. Or like a, um, more recently and more, and I think definitely relevant right now. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, that's a much better comparison. <laughs> no one remembers Duke Nukem Forever. But yeah, yeah, New Mutants is like the closest uh uh thing to this whereas new mutants like oh my gosh like they've had a trailer since like early 2017 (laughs) yeah uh they they released a trailer years ago um they did reshoots a couple years ago after that trailer and um they and it's they just keep putting up and then the disney fox merger everyone thought the movie was just canceled (laughs) Um, that it wasn't, and people thought like, "Oh, maybe they're just putting it up on Disney Plus." They weren't, um, and <laughs> now it's like it's it's um, this so whole so like so... long thing because Disney has finally put the um, X Men and Fantastic Four movies up on Disney Plus. Oh, sweet! I believe I believe they have. So yeah, so they've got that whole catalog up there. Yeah. Um, I think except for the Deadpool movies and Logan for obvious reasons. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Kids just watching like uh, Sweet Life of Zack and Cody and then just watches Logan just tear yeah. through people. Well, you know, most parents don't really seem to actually care what their kids are watching. So that doesn't yeah. sound like it would be too much of an issue. But the thing is, for those that like slightly care but don't want to have to monitor all the time that's where like disney plus comes in where it's like all of it is pretty much family friendly like yeah like the the worst you're getting is pg-13 and that's not that bad yeah yeah so uh but yeah like the new mutants it just it just kept like even after the dang thing was made because they were talking about that movie for years before they even released a trailer oh yeah yeah. So after the dang thing was made and finished, they it still keeps getting put off, and then COVID hit. Yeah. Um. So that kept pushing it further, and now it's finally releasing this week. Um. But like nobody's nobody's actually going to go see it right no, now. No, it's releasing this week. I think it's this week. I think it's this Friday, as of this. I think recording. you're right. Yeah. I see. That's the thing. Like. Three years ago, I was hyped for this movie. I was ready to see it. But now, like, see, I, I completely forgot it's coming out tomorrow. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Yeah, I just like, genuinely, like, don't 
care enough anymore. Like, yeah, I might is. catch it on demand when it when it's available for rent, but like right now, it's I just don't care anymore. I did a couple of years ago, but like the my patience ran out. Yeah, the problem is, I just thought about it. Is it playing in theaters only? I could have swore I, I, I saw I, like I, a poster. I, I don't know. That is really dumb if it is, because most theaters are still closed. <laughs> yeah, yes, actually, yes, it is playing in theaters only, and here's how I know that. Yeah. Because critics are refusing to go see it until options safer than going out in public are available. Um, so, like, basically, yeah, like, like, they're basically saying, like, until this movie's available, like, to rent on demand or something, we're not yeah. going to review it. That's the um, thing. Like the the only theaters that are still open are like the mom and pa type shop theaters that like want to stay open. Your big ones like Regal and AMC, they're still closed down. Hmm. So like, so for the most part, I couldn't see this movie even if I wanted to, because most of the movie theaters that were near me and are now near me are Regal or AMC. Yeah. Yep. So really uh, release the, it on video on demand. Yeah. But yeah, next year when Black Adam comes out, that's definitely um, it's definitely like I said, it's definitely going to be The Rock drawing people towards that one, and not yeah, really yeah. the name of Black Adam. Yeah. Oh man, I can't wait to learn about Conda. <laughs> the nation of Conda. No, like the thing is, once a once an actual trailer comes out, because I've we've been waiting for an actual trailer since like 2013 when they released that giant DC timeline, and then most of it got obliterated. Um, yeah, yeah, it was they... like 20, 20, uh, 15 or 2016 when they released that trailer. Because um, not mean, trailer, they released that timeline. Because like, hey, Marvel's doing it. Yeah. This was well, the pre timeline. Batman v Superman, I think. So yeah, I was gonna say the timeline was like, uh, yeah, it was kind of shortly after Man of Steel because yeah, it was just Man of Steel was the only one they had, and it was definitely before Batman v Superman. So yeah, it was probably like 2014, 2015. and uh, I don't know, just like it being announced then and like five to six years later and you can't even give me like an uh, animated cgi trailer um it's kind of odd and now you're you're like you don't even have that to offer but you're saying it's going to come out next year yeah it fishy yep yeah yeah because like dc's movie landscape now looks completely different than than their plans back then yeah, because um, they had like plans for like, yeah, there's gonna be Batman v Superman, and then it's like you know, uh, Suicide Squad and Wonder Woman and Justice League and yeah, uh, Aquaman and Shazam, and all those came to fruition. Yeah, and then everything after that, it's been like, yeah, and then there's gonna be like a, the, the Flash, and that keeps getting put off. And Cyborg, that's yeah. not even happening. Um, Green and, Lantern, there was supposed to be a Green Lantern. That yeah, somewhere later. like I think it was called Green Lantern Corps. Yeah. So like yeah, and then uh, and now we're getting like so many like 
offshoot DC movies that it's hard to tell. Like they're definitely not all connected to each other anymore. Yeah, it's hard yeah. to tell which ones are connected to each other anymore. Yeah, because and and I understand that um, at this point with DC, we should just kind of be going and seeing them as single uh, stories at this point. Because but if of, you announce that this is in your universe, then like it's kind of your your fault. Like saying like it's DC's fault. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, like I, if you I, if you want to announce like, hey, we're getting rid of the universe. There is no universe. Just go see these movies. They're like, they're like uh, one shots. It's like okay, now I understand. But before you were building up this universe, and now it's like, wait, what's actually going in this universe? Yeah, yeah, and honestly, I wanted. I wanted DC to succeed so much with their original idea because um, I thought it was interesting and I thought it would have been a good way to compete with Marvel. But um, because that's the thing. Yeah. If it did succeed, you could eventually like, obviously you'll get your big stuff like your, your, your justice league, those type of characters. But if it did succeed, you would basically get, similar to marvel like your your weirdo stuff like guardians of the galaxy no one gave a crap about guardians of the galaxy but yet that is like one of the biggest things now like the yeah. same thing could have been done with dc had it succeeded they would have got um they would have probably eventually got like some uh some animal man stuff or just random stuff like that is what i'm saying yeah 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 something deeper than uh just the big three and like something you know interesting and unique yeah um because as it is they've been it just started raining here but uh <laughs> but they've been um uh they've been making batman and superman movies for decades already yeah um and uh And I understand starting with Batman and Superman to, like, try and kick off a cinematic universe. Yeah, yeah. Um, But, like, now that their cinematic universe has failed, they're just falling back on Batman again. Just Batman. Yeah, yeah. Um, Like, oh, this universe failed and Ben Affleck doesn't want to be Batman anymore? Reboot Batman and um, everybody else is going to take a couple years, I guess. Yeah. That's that's what's like so crazy because I'm thinking about Marvel now. Is like when Marvel started out their cinematic universe, like it was at this time 15 years ago, a guy who was like a I would say B list at that time, but right before Civil War, Iron Man was basically like a C list character. Yeah, Civil War is really what like kind of brought him into more uh, of the spotlight in a way um yeah. he was he was a big character but when you compared him to the other marvel characters at that time like he he wasn't that big and plus also at that time because it's shortly after civil war iron man to a lot of people was seen as the villain so like they didn't really care for him all that much so yeah I thought even, it was, even it was marvel really... writers um any opportunity that Mar- like uh, a writer on a Marvel title got to like put Iron Man in their title for like an issue and then have whichever, whoever the main character of the title was beat him up uh, yeah. just to express their frustration with um, 
the way that Civil War ended. Uh, yeah. was uh, Because now with Civil War, the way it ended, it supposedly should have imposed a lot of really weird uh, restrictions on writers just as a part of, um, you know, Marvel's universe. Like, it's just now, now the Registration Act is just a thing that exists in the Marvel universe. Yeah. Um, and none of the characters sh- really should have been written the way they used to be written before. But for the most part, the Registration Act got ignored after Civil War. Um, and uh, like it was only brought up a couple of times here and there. And then, uh, and then by the end of um, Siege, it was just done away with entirely. Yeah. Kind of like um, in the movies, the the um, Civil War there, like the Sokovia Accords, those have had zero impact on oh, yeah. the movies. Um, the actual impact of Civil War was the fight between Tony and Steve at the end. Yeah. Um, which, yeah, I understand that. Like, that's the big emotion. That's what we actually care about. Um, yeah. But, but yeah, you think, but like, if you're gonna okay, introduce... what happened to this? Yeah. Yeah, you're going to introduce literal international laws on um, the like conduct of superheroes. I feel like that should have an impact. Yeah, because yeah, you had that. You had hints of it even in like Infinity War, um, but I think like from Civil War to Infinity War, like there were some superhero movies that like didn't even really mention it or wasn't even really a thing. Yeah. Um, so yeah, yeah, I get what you're saying. So yeah, if like if new Marvel movies come out, it's like, oh, so I guess they just trash the those those yeah. that law. Well, hang on a second though. I will say you could kind of feel it in Ant Man and the Wasp. Not remember. not not so much in um in Spider Man, uh, Homecoming. Yeah, definitely since, not uh, Spider Man. <laughs> Since uh, he just kind of did whatever he wanted yeah. with zero supervision, yeah. Um, but uh, in Ant Man and the Wasp, like the whole house arrest thing and the fact that being a superhero was pretty much illegal for Ant Man and Wasp uh, during that right, movie, yeah. that you could kind of feel it there. So yeah. that one, okay, made a lot of sense. Um, and you could make the justification that they're letting Spider Man go because oh, that's he's like Iron Man's protege, his pet project. Yeah. At that and point, then, but at, the, at the same time, it's like you know, eh, yeah, you just kind of got because, like, yeah, it's w- when you really think about it with this being a cinematic universe and every single one of these has like different writers and different directors and stuff like that, it really does feel like a comic book universe where like it's a bunch of people who are kind of picking and choosing what does and doesn't matter yeah, to tell yeah. their story, which is exactly how comic book universes are written, yeah. And then, yeah, if you think about it, like, um, after the events of uh, Endgame and Infinity War, you're like, okay, yeah, like, the government probably was just like, yeah, let's throw this away because they literally saved us. So the next one, like, I would say, like, Black Adam was the only one where I was like, I didn't really care. The rest are like, at the very least, like, eh, looks all right, that sort of thing. And the very next one is the Snyder Cut trailer. Ah, the the bits and stuff they they showed about that. 
I um, um I actually didn't get the chance to finish watching the Snyder Cut trailer. Yeah, it's uh it's interesting. Like I think the thing that <clears throat> I'm interested in most about it is uh it's four hours long. <laughs> yeah. Um who boy. Uh, that's gonna be a lot, but I am kind of I'm slightly glad it's four hours because Zack Snyder originally was going to do two-part Justice League. He was going to do part one and part two, but then eventually that got thrown out the can. Yeah. Um, so maybe with this, he's able to do that a little bit more. Um, yeah. If you can't tell a good story in four hours, then, like, I'm sorry, man. <laughs> like, that's all you. Yeah, like, yeah, if you're, if you're taking four hours to... Um like present your vision um then and and like you can't do it properly then yeah like you said that's uh then it was never going to be good to begin with yeah exactly yeah that's exactly it and and the thing is for like all of Zack snyder stuff are very much tone pieces um yeah like he sets a tone and runs with that tone without breaking it through the entire movie. Um, oh yeah, that's and that's basically just that's really all Zack Snyder does. He sets a tone, um, presents a series of moments like you're just watching a a very long montage, yeah. almost, um, and um, and then it feels like they try to do the legwork to connect those moments through the writing in between and it doesn't always pan out super yeah. well hence why uh batman v superman um even in the uh ultimate uh edition the extended cut that goes for three hours yeah um even in that one it still feels like a like a disconnected um maze of just getting from big moment to big moment yeah What's so weird are the people that like praise the ultimate edition compared to the other edition when it's like it's only thirty minutes longer. Like they yeah. didn't they didn't add or change that much. Like, yeah, there are some stuff, but like there, ultimately it didn't do much. There was one like entire plot thread that was well not plot thread, there was a segment of one of the plot threads in the movie that was dropped from the theatrical cut that in the ultimate edition helps it make more sense. But given the fact that that particular um, plot line revolves around solving a mystery to prove that Superman didn't shoot someone with yeah. a gun, it's ultimately yeah. a stupid plot point to begin with. Yeah. Like, like the, I the like that would... movie. I like Batman v Superman personally. I enjoy watching that movie. Yeah. But I, you know, like, I'm not going to deny its flaws either. Yeah. Like, and, and the idea that someone is trying to frame Superman for murder with a gun is yeah, it's... just completely idiotic. Exactly. Because he's been around for, at that point, what was it, like, close to two years? It was at least 18 yeah. months. I can't remember. Yeah, like, I think in the story it was, like, um two years. Yeah. Even so though the movies me... were released three years apart. Yeah, so you're telling me, like, this, for some reason, two years into it, this guy that everyone has seen is basically like a god. He randomly chooses, hmm, now I'm going to use a gun 
even though like I'm so much better than a gun. Like, are the people not thinking logically in the universe? Like in that universe, I mean. Yeah. Because like, there's that whole that whole uh, plot line of Lois trying to figure out who made the bullet that. Yeah. Um, and it's like. <laughs> Like, okay, I understand trying to figure out who made that bullet. Yeah, um, that makes sense. Like, trying to figure out who was framing Superman. But firstly, A, framing Superman with a gun. B, people believing it. Yeah, exactly. So. Like, like I yeah, get that, Superman that... is, like, probably a 50-50 character in the world because of the whole incident that happened with him and Zod. I get that. I get it's 50-50, but, like, I don't think anyone would think, even the people that were against him would think, like, oh, yeah, he definitely used a gun. Like, <laughs> no. I think um, for for uh, Zack Snyder's Superman, I think Zod was supposed to be, like, uh, his, like his one kill. Yeah. That yeah. he was going to make. Like, I think even... Um, uh, because I know a lot of people criticize that moment, even though, like, like what else was he supposed to do? Because yeah. um, people are hey, like, oh, can't stupid. you guys just move out of the way? Like, yeah, yeah. run well, to the right. <laughs> You're just well, standing the thing, there. Their, their, only path, their only path to get out was that stairway. And the way that Zod was shooting yeah. that heat vision, they would have to run into it to get to the stairs. Yeah, true. Um because like he had them in a corner like and then on top of that people are like oh superman could have found another way he would have found another way firstly a this is a young superman literal yeah, first yeah. day on the job yeah like his literal first day on the job is this massive alien invasion yeah um and then second like zod it's in the heat of the moment as well heat, heat of the moment and zod right there has nothing left to lose and is telling superman like his last Zod's literal last words are, I will never stop. Yeah. So Superman didn't really have a choice by the end of that movie. Yeah. There was no other option than to kill him. Yeah. Cause what prison could hold him? Yeah, exactly. Su- Superman didn't have access to a prison that could hold Zod. Yeah. Superman. I don't even think now still doesn't have access to, the Phantom well, no, they, they came from the Phantom Zone. They did, but, but Superman basically um, uh, used his Phantom Drive as a bomb, so there are no ways to access the uh, Phantom okay. Zone in that in that movie's timeline. So, uh, like, by the end of the movie, like, yeah, there is no way for Superman to deal with Zod, um, especially in a, an efficient manner, to save as many lives as possible without killing him and i know they just had a big dragon ball z fight earlier in the movie yeah but um like i said Zack snyder's movies are a series of moments and he kind of got to take each moment as its own miniature story yeah which i will say this um before you get to the insane fight the fight between him and those two guards was pretty awesome oh yeah i love that fight that was awesome I'm, I'm pretty sure Man of Steel is the closest we're going to get to a live-action Dragon Ball Z movie. <laughs> yeah, it seems like it, yeah. 
Because once the fighting actually starts in that movie, it really just kind of keeps going. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Until until the end. Yeah, all you needed is, like, Superman and Zod to do, like, a heat beam at each other, and it, like, it's hitting each other, and it's going, like, back and forth, but then it builds, like, this big old energy, and then just blows yeah. up, and then yeah, they're yeah. just fighting in this wasteland. Well, Superman did have a beam struggle with Doomsday in Batman v Superman. Oh, yeah, that's right. It was very brief, but <laughs> that did happen. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so uh, for the Snyder Cut, I'm seriously hoping that this um, uh, ends up being like a good ending to Zack Snyder's Superman trilogy. Yeah, like... At the very least, I know it's going to be better than the original Justice League. Oh, definitely. Um, by yeah. by leagues. <laughs> hey. Yeah, yeah. Hey-ho. Up, hey. up. Oh, hey. Didn't even think about that joke until it was coming out of my mouth. <laughs> hey-oh, hey. Oh. But, uh, but yeah, like, it might not be great. might not even be good. But, yeah, I, I at least know it's going to be better than that. Um, I'll... Yeah get a free trial subscription to HBO Max to see it and then I you know I might do the same thing after yeah I'm just going to cancel it right after I see it yeah um I might use it to watch a couple other things and then uh yeah like just before it starts charging me I'll be like okay done yeah (laughs) I, I might use it to to try seeing some of the uh the DC universe or DC nation the subscription app that they had which yeah, is now yeah. basically oh, yeah. going away because they're just taking all of that and putting it putting on HBO, HBO Max. Um, yeah. I feel like that was the plan all along. I don't really know, though, because um, mm. that lasted I, maybe two years. I don't think that was the plan all along. Um, I, I don't know if it was HBO Max, but I think what they were trying to do was possibly have this subscription service to basically um, – almost pilot these shows that wouldn't normally get picked up by other networks. But then once those networks saw the popularity, such as Harley Quinn, yeah, they saw the popularity of those things, then those networks would start wanting to get them. I think I, that's what it was. They wanted here, to here's what I think it was. get them to buy it, kind of. Here's what I think it was. I think it was Warner Brothers overestimating um, the... Uh, amount of money they could make on the comic book market like the comic book fan market yeah um and releasing a streaming app exclusively for superhero based content um which uh regardless of how dedicated superhero fans are that's never going to be a big enough demographic to like make a profit on something like that yeah um and uh uh, then they started, um, like, I guess, licensing their shows out to other networks and, like, syndication and stuff because, like, we have to make money on this somehow. And yeah. um, uh, we put a lot of money into these shows. So, uh, we, we like, they need to have a return. And um, now uh, that they're releasing HBO Max, which is just seems to be, like, just the Warner Brothers equivalent to uh, Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Um, they're like, ah, oh, well, may as well just dump all the superhero stuff on there and, and call it good then. Yeah. 
because I feel like more than just the superhero stuff, just dump everything on there. The cartoons, the um, the movies, the the TV shows, everything. Yeah, I feel like for the most part, you're right. Like uh, original, they had Plan A be the superhero app, but I'm almost, I mean, ninety nine point nine percent sure, like they had Plan B, Plan C. If that didn't work, they're like, oh, even if this doesn't work, we'll still make our money back because we'll license it to these other channels or networks if this doesn't work. And then we can also put it on another app that we were already going to make, but this will just help us boost that app more. So they had yeah. they had layers to it. So if, Oh, yeah. They've, yeah, they've definitely been planning all their streaming stuff for years. But yeah, I yeah, think yeah. whether or not DC, I think, I think you are right that like, whether or not DC Universe stuck around depended on um, how successful it was by the time HBO Max would have come out. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, yeah. So I, I think, yeah, I think it's a little bit of column A and a little bit of column B that, like, yeah, they definitely had contingency plans in place, but I think the first plan was definitely like it was the main plan. Yeah, it was was yeah. an overestimation of the of the market they were going for. Yeah. Yeah, but with the Snyder cut, um, looks all right. I mean, like it, it, it shows some, doesn't show uh, a whole lot, which you don't really need to. Um, you kind of need to, but uh, I'd say only minor qualms would be like uh, it's four hours long. That's both good and bad. It's yeah. good because hey, if it's if it's good, then like he'll be able to have his vision. If it's bad, then it's like well, you had four hours to do this. It's your fault. Yeah. Um, another minor qualm, this is tiny, tiny qualm, is uh, why isn't Darkseid wearing the blue armor? Like, why is he shirtless? Because is everything he... is dingy and gray with Zack Snyder. Why does he have to have doomsday skin? I mean, like, I, I know that's his color of his skin, but I'm saying, like, why does his chest and everything have to be out where people will, and I know most people won't, but older people will be like wait is that doomsday like they won't know who the heck that is because yeah, the yeah. skin is the exact same and he has yeah, a people shirt who off aren't familiar with these characters are gonna be like wait a minute isn't that the monster at the from the end of the other one yeah so yeah i yeah um yeah for me it's like yeah i find it a little annoying too because but but i just kind of have to take it as like yeah that's just kind of Zack snyder's thing like yeah Anything he can get away with making dingy and gray and brown, he will. You can do like that, I said, it's just, it doesn't leave any impact on me. That's why no one cares or remembers Steppenwolf is like, he was the most boring design. Yeah, well that, and he was also just a boring character. Yeah, but I'm saying like, even if you have a bad character, if they have like a good look to them, you'll at least remember that look. You might not remember the character's name, but you're like, yeah, I remember that look. I mean, that guy sucked, but like, interesting costume. Yeah, but um, but I wanted to bring up another thing, right? The reason I brought up um, Zack Snyder's tone before, like the fact that he like he sets a tone and runs through the whole movie with it. Yeah, I was gonna say this is probably another potential downside. That means that we're going to get four hours of dour po-faced <laughs> yeah. brooding yeah but there's there's some hope to it um 
Batman gives his little speech to the Justice League at the end, and it was like a, a nice little speech about team and all that crap. But so might have hints of hope here and there. But yeah, it's it's gonna be probably pretty depressing. Yeah. Yeah. And and not even necessarily depressing, just like melancholy. Yeah, yeah. Like, obviously, yeah, Superman is going to be revived in this version like he was in the theatrical version um, and all that. Like, this is still going to have those glimmers of hope of, like, yes, like, our heroes are returning and they're going to save the day. Um, uh, but, yeah, like, for the most part, that's, like, true, genuine, like, optimism and hope just isn't Zack Snyder's style. Yeah. So, um, like... Uh, like in a theatrical Justice League um, that was mostly directed by Joss Whedon, um, like the I, I'm pretty sure the only Zack Snyder thing that got left in that original version was the opening music video that he likes to do, uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> where it's like just showing the state of the world in the aftermath of Superman's death, yeah, and, um, yeah. So it's like and that's another way he sets tone too is those opening music videos that he does. Yeah, like like it would watch. Yeah, which I mean, like it's a, it's at least a quick way to show you how the world is. It's certainly effective. Yeah, and it definitely it like a, yeah, it does a good job communicating tone and setting. Yeah, because uh, a lot of those movies that he was doing are already like two two and a half hours. We don't need thirty minutes of uh, exposition of leading us to how this world is so yeah just do yeah. your three four minute music video yeah all right so yeah that's the snyder cut out of the way i think yep so the next one what's weird about this is like uh this one should be a lot higher in terms of precedence but i think most people forgot this trailer came out and i think it's the official trailer wonder woman 1984 yeah i didn't watch that one exactly that's the thing (laughs) i remember let's go back six seven years whenever the superhero craze was getting big right around the time of like winter soldier basically i'd say that's when it was getting big yeah um like anytime you would hear any type of superhero whether it's marvel or dc anything everyone was just excited it could be the most random character and everyone was just like what what but now i guess it is because of oversaturation and that like it's oversaturation and a a lot of these for the most part are like eh, it was good like nothing none of them really stand out yeah um and that seems to be the case with like wonder woman 1984 where like no one is talking about this or really cares. Yeah. Yeah, the thing is, um, it's like you said, uh, at this point, the superhero movies are a saturated market. Um, and unfortunately, and I feel like this is a problem across DC's lineup, um, is I don't think DC does enough to stand out. Yeah. Yeah, true. Because um, one one thing that I'm seeing is t- TV is pushing weird superheroes more than movies are right now. Oh yeah, um, because one thing I'm seeing is with shows like 
uh, the Umbrella Academy, the Boys, and Doom Patrol. Um, They are doing things now with TV that comic books have already been doing for decades, but um, superheroes on TV are finally growing up to 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 catch up with the superheroes in comic books, Um, and the art form of the superhero is evolving on the screen. It is changing and progressing, but unfortunately movies are taking a long time to catch up and DC uh, feels like it's lagging behind. Oh Um, yeah. Now DC feels like making more progress than like say Sony with their superhero projects. Yeah. Yeah. Because Sony still feels like they're making superhero movies with the uh, 2003 mentality of, um, Oh well, who cares if we change anything? Nobody reads the comics anyway. Yeah, it, yeah. Sony basically has a mindset of like, who cares if we change anything? Also, we're doing this as like our toy commercial. We're gonna sell a bunch of Venom toys and whatnot. Like yeah. that's what we're doing here. Yeah, it does seem to function a lot like a toy commercial. And at the same time, though, it does feel like Sony is just overconfident when it comes to the superhero genre um sony looks at the market and sees the success of superhero uh movies and thinks like oh well we don't have to put effort in it's a superhero movie people are just gonna throw money at it yeah Yeah. which you'd think they would have learned their lesson after uh the amazing spider-man just completely fell apart oh yeah um and but no like with with venom it um like I like that movie, uh, but like it feels like it was made in two thousand six, right? Um, and the same thing goes for Bloodshot, which uh, and I love Bloodshot as a character, but unfortunately, when they went with Bloodshot in in their in in you know that movie, literally the only th- like I'm I'm not typically one to complain with things changing from comic to screen mm-hmm. because I feel like those changes need to be made. But yeah. when literally the only thing you're pulling from the comics is the main character, um, you're doing something wrong. Yeah, exactly. Because even the lore of the character had to change in a lot of ways um, for them to, you know, get away with not taking anything but him from the comics. And it's like, why do that? Yeah. Yeah, and, and why also, why take this character from the comics and change everything about him to try to try and make him work in a movie? This character was already pretty much tailor made to be in a movie. Yeah, and also like uh, on the same line as what you're saying is like in terms of like goofiness or silliness of comics, because some people can look at a, a comic. And like see the costumes or whatever and be like, this is insane. Or the ventures that they go on, like different yeah. stuff like that. Or powers or whatever and see how insane they are. I would say 10 years ago, you couldn't really do that. But now you can do that. Like movies are expressing that more. Um, yeah. We'll, we'll get to it in a little bit, like after Wonder Woman. But I mean, the Suicide Squad sequel. I didn't care for Suicide Squad, but... uh have you seen like the the costumes that they yeah have? they're like, all crazy and ridiculous exactly yeah you can do this yeah it's um like i said superheroes on the screen are making progress they are evolving but um 
as far as movies go, I don't know if they're evolving quickly enough. Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Um, it's I honestly do feel like it's possible that um, the superhero bubble could pop before anybody does anything genuinely different enough to keep people's interest. That's true. Yeah, I could see... I could see the the Marvel and DC bubble popping. I could see a lot of like indie type creations like living through it. Like uh, mm. your your weird stuff, as in like Doom Patrol or, or uh, the Boys, like that type of stuff. Living but yeah. in terms of like kind of generic superhero stuff that we pretty much see in the mainstream stuff. Yeah, I could definitely see eventually that just losing money. And, and that's why I think, and I'll, for some, I don't know why people are doing this. A lot of people are looking at the um, current like slate for Marvel movies, the current timeline, and yeah. seeing movies like The Eternals and Shang-Chi on there and being like, oh, well, I've never heard of these characters before. Why should I care about going and seeing a movie about them? It's like you didn't hear about Guardians of the Galaxy exactly. before 2014 either. Yeah. like and Now like... Rocket Raccoon's a household name. Exactly. Like, just remember how you felt then. Remember how it turned out, and go in there with a similar mindset. Like, and, yeah, maybe it might might not be as good as that, but you'll know. Like, oh, it's Marvel. Like, most of the stuff is at least good. Most of and, it. Yeah, and um, characters like the Eternals and Shang Chi at this stage, definitely at this stage, especially post-Infinity Saga, are necessary not just for Marvel, but for the superhero genre, genre on the screen to um, progress Branch out more. And, yeah. yeah, hopefully they do things that are different enough with these characters to make actual progress in yeah. the genre. And, and, and on top of the fact that, like, um, as much as comic book fans hate hearing this, um, diversity is a necessity, especially when when you're trying to um, branch out a universe and make it feel large and yeah. reach more people. Um, because, uh, like, yeah, it's just like so. Like with with new heroes like Shang Chi, who um, is going to be Marvel's, I believe, first um like asian lead character in any of their movies so far yeah oh that's a pretty big deal yeah yeah so uh yeah like that kind of stuff is is needed yeah we need more diversity not just in the types of stories that are being told but with the types of characters we're telling the stories with exactly because yeah in in going with that yeah diversity in the characters that we have and like if you look at these like they are very diverse. It's not just another uh, soldier character or whatever it is. It's it's like very unique. That's why I'm like looking forward to these is because it's like, hey, they're not just doing the same thing over again. Yeah. Yeah, and um, yeah, the the Eternals is gonna be weird because it's like. It's similar to Thor, it's another set of like cosmic gods, but like it's like there's uh, there's a weirdness to them that Thor doesn't quite have. Yeah, um, Thor's getting weird under Taika Waititi, but um, yeah, yeah, which I love. 
yeah yeah yeah. it's Uh, it's for the best um in terms of the movies yeah uh and like shang chi like he's a martial arts based hero he doesn't like have any big crazy superpowers or technology that he uses yeah Um, he literally just has his limbs as his weapons yeah exactly his limbs and i think a set of nunchucks because Shang-Chi was very much inspired by Bruce Lee, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, that sounds right. Because um, Shang-Chi kind of lo- came along around the same time as Iron Fist when like the big uh, martial arts craze was going on in the 70s. So, yeah, yeah, that sounds right. <clears throat> so, yeah, so... So, yeah, yeah like, I'm, looking, I'm looking forward to a Shang-Chi movie. What's that? I was saying, so yeah, not Wonder Woman 1984. Oh yeah, Wonder Woman 1984. <laughs> I know we keep bran- That's what these are for. We keep branching off into bigger yeah, discussions yeah. based on them. Um, based on the the topic at hand. But yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I'm definitely looking forward to a, a Shang Chi movie. That'd be cool. Yeah, um, Shang Chi is a character that I don't know a whole lot about, but I've been wanting to see a movie about him. On like, yeah, the, you know, get made. Yeah. Ooh, okay. phone's vibrating. Oh, sorry. <laughs> Sorry. Right. Turn it off. But um, so yeah, to kind of uh, come to eventually come to a conclusion for the Wonder Woman 1984 thing, I have uh really two things to say about it. Um, one, it looks interesting. Like maybe I might go see it. Um, half of it just looks like like we were talking about through this this whole discussion um, surrounding it, just very generic. Um, I'd say the coolest part I saw was whenever she was like lassoing uh, like uh, thunder. Yeah, the lightning bolts. Uh, yeah, that was in one like of the older trailers. I thought that. Oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I, didn't, yeah. I didn't even watch the older trailer. Yeah, um, there's a sequence of her like Spider-Man swinging with her lasso on lightning bolts. Well, in that case, this uh, this trailer showed me no other good stuff because that was the best part to me. I was like, "This oh. is awesome!" And then, like, because because that that happened in like the first twenty seconds, I was like, "Yes!" And then, like the rest, I was like, oh. <laughs> "Okay." This is the Wonder Woman I want. Yeah, that was awesome. But uh, but I I would describe this as a it's Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four, or you can call it a uh, Cats. The Wonder Woman musical. Because uh, <laughs> if you saw this trailer, if you saw oh. this trailer, Cheetah at the end reminds me a lot of the Cats animation. <laughs> yeah, I, that's what I've heard a lot of people say. Yeah. Um, I am looking forward to seeing Cheetah in a movie. So I still need to see that first Wonder Woman movie. Firstly, um, and second, like I am looking forward to the idea of like Cheetah being in a movie finally yeah um i was um until i saw this trailer um my problem through the whole trailer is probably cheetah the reason i say that is not design or anything it's more we mentioned we were talking about amazing spider-man a second ago i'm getting some electro amazing spider-man 2 vibes from cheetah okay this like over dramatic loser um who is like i can't believe you did this to me you didn't come oh, to my yeah. birthday party 
I'm gonna hurt you. You ruined my nephew's bar mitzvah. <laughs> <laughs> like that's whenever I was watching this trailer, I was like, Cheetah, this cheetah that they're portraying just reminds me of the loser that was Electro in Amazing Spider-Man 2. Yeah. And and it's it's not even in a a, a good way. Like it just reminds me too much of that where it's like, oh, like this villain's gonna probably suck. <laughs> Yeah, what's next up on your list? Uh, the Suicide Squad sequel. Ah, The Suicide Squad. The Suicide Squad. The other one was just generic Suicide Squad. This one's The Suicide Squad. Yeah. I gotta say... Now with 50% less Joker. <laughs> Thank goodness. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like, stuff. Well, here's the thing. It's not even the Jared Leto thing. It's more like there's just so much saturation of joker recently in comics and movies anything it's like can we have like a 10-year break from joker yeah you know oh my another one um do you remember uh like joker was absent from comics i think for the entire 70s wasn't he or was it the 60s uh maybe 60s Um, it's one of those but yeah yeah i get what you mean hey it's been a while we need to do it again. <laughs> yeah. You know, honestly, yeah. Um, <laughs> like, he's everywhere in the comics, and that's partly yeah, why I, I'm I not miss, reading the comics. I, I miss a couple of years ago when um, the Joker was just reserved for big events. Yeah. Like, like, you could still kind of, you know, get the sense that, like, the Joker was important even though he wasn't in that in the comics very much because he just showed up for, like, the like um, yeah, at the beginning of the new Fifty Two, like he got his face cut off um in Detective Comics super early on, and then didn't come back until Death of the Family. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, I like, I like that. Like, uh, not using him every story arc, but like sparingly, like almost like you're saying, where like something happens here, and then some overarching thing or some surprising thing happens with him like a year later or whatever. Yeah. And he, and he, he, I feel like in order for the, like at this point, the Joker has become such a like big thing. That it's like, yeah, you just, just kind of reserve him for the big moments. Um, yeah. Reserve him for the big events, uh, the big Batman crossovers where all of the Gotham heroes are involved in it. Um, yeah. And it's like, just, you know, the I, the Joker is more than just a Batman villain at this point. Like, yeah, he is. He really should just be a Batman villain. You know what I mean? But like, uh, he's more than just like one of the regular Batman villains. Yeah, um, he's yeah. gotten to a point where now Joker is an event. Um, yeah, and he exactly. should be treated that way rather than parade around. But the thing with DC is, um, they're very much like, oh, you like this character. Uh, then we're going to just kind of put him everywhere. Yeah. We are going to beat you over the head with this character until you hate him and never want to see him again. Yeah, until you're just sick of him. Which I'm which, not entirely at that point, but I'm definitely... And, and I, I know like, that um, comic, comic books in general do that, but the thing is... Yeah. Um, 
like, I don't know, when it comes to the Joker, it's just like, it's just, for him in particular, it's just too much. Like, in the, in the way yeah. that um, DC is constantly putting, lit- pushing literally anything to do with Batman forward more than anything else. Oh yeah, um, yeah. N- not like you can tell that Batman is the golden boy of DC Comics, and nobody else yeah, is definitely. remotely as important in the eyes of uh, the actual company as Batman and everyone connected to Batman. Yeah, not even close. The fact that um, the Batman and Superman team up series, the name was changed from Superman Batman to Batman Superman, putting Batman first, <laughs> putting Batman before Superman. The fact that they changed the yeah. name of it to do that, even though during the New 52, it was considered a part of the Superman family of titles um, yeah, rather than the Batman family, um, then, like, <laughs> yeah. It just yeah. shows that, like, everyone else at DC is living under Batman's shadow. Yeah, it really does feel like that. But uh, as far as the Suicide Squad movie goes, um, it looks it doesn't interesting. Yeah, I was gonna say it doesn't show too much. I honestly like kind of the uh, the behind the scenes type trailer. Mm. Um, I, I don't want it to happen for every movie, but I mean like. We don't we don't need a trailer just yet. And I thought this was kind of perfect because it also shows different stuff. They talk about different characters and stuff. And like <clears throat> one of the big things, like one big thing is like uh, the original Suicide Squad movie um, is probably my. It's probably the DC movie I like. I the hate least. that movie. I I would probably say I hate that. Yeah, I I, I don't like using the word hate. But I'd probably say I yeah. I, I very rarely um, dislike a movie enough to say that I even dislike it. Um, most of the time, I'm very neutral on movies that I don't like. Like it's just like okay, yeah, I can go without seeing that again. But for Suicide but Squad, one... for Suicide Squad, I genuinely actually dislike that movie. I yeah, I, I definitely agree. Like it was like it wasn't even those when those things were like. You see it in the theaters and like sometimes almost every movie you see in the theaters and it's better when you see it then. Then the second time around you watch it and it's not as good. Me and my brother saw Suicide Squad in theaters and like as soon as it was over, we we're both like, that that wasn't good, right? Like <laughs> I'm, I'm making sure we're both on the same page. This wasn't a good movie. Like usually that doesn't happen with theater movies, even if it's like a, a meh or like not that great movie like whenever i see in theaters i'm like eh, it wasn't that bad but then when i see it the second time around i'm like oh okay yeah definitely not good but that one yeah the the first suicide squad movie like made me not i i hated almost everything about it yeah um but this one it looks promising like the the number one thing is James Gunn is yes yes that's the um, thing that's got me the most excited because if some if there's yeah. anyone who knows how to make a weird superhero movie about a bunch of it's jerks work it's James Gunn yeah 
and like <clears throat> obviously this can be press type stuff but whenever you watch the trailer like he talks about like how this is like one of his biggest movies he's ever done like the the movie he's like most excited or proud of almost mm. is what he was saying i mean obviously that can just be press bull crap but yeah like, it, it yeah. seemed genuine it, it might be because because to be honest with you um like the guardians of the galaxy movies feel like some of the most like personal uh superhero movies i've ever seen yeah. um it's like there's way too much of james gunn as a person in those two movies for yeah. his DC rebound to be the one he's most proud of. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's, but, it's, but, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, yeah, I'm sure it's press stuff. I'm sure he is proud of this movie. Um, and it's probably going to be better than most of what DC has put out over the past couple of years. But like, I, I, I want to say like, yeah, it's probably just press stuff because if I were him, yeah. I'd be super proud of the Guardians movies. Yeah, exactly. But like even then, like uh, <clears throat> like him, it seems like it's not just another paycheck. Like obviously, this all yeah. is for getting paid and stuff. But it does seem like he is putting a lot of himself into it, just by like what we've seen. Like when we haven't seen a lot, but just by what we've seen with like costume design and different stuff like that, it's like like this. This is definitely going to be like fun some silliness that sort of stuff i mean you got you got freaking polka dot man yeah i i never would have thought that we would ever see a live action polka yeah. dot man. but yeah james gunn um he certainly likes taking the the most obscure most ridiculous characters associated with a superhero universe and yeah putting them front and center um now with as huge as this movie's cast is um, I'm almost certain They're that like, close to half these characters are going to be dead by the end. Oh yeah, because I there's like a last scene in the trailer or something like that where it shows like the lineup. I had to pause because it is less than a second, but shows them all like lined up similar to how the old uh, image was. There's 13 members on this team. That's not including Amanda Waller and all yeah. this stuff. This is 13 active members of the Suicide Squad. Yeah, I, I'm with you. Like half of them probably will die, um, and some of those will probably be like funny Deadpool two type. Yes, yeah. I haven't seen Deadpool um, two yet. Still, so don't don't uh, talk okay. too much about that one. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not. <laughs> but uh, yeah, like it's probably going to be comedic. It's not. It's certainly not going to be like the deaths in um the first Suicide Squad where uh um like. Sure, you could probably laugh at Slipknot's death in the first one, but I don't think you're supposed to. Yeah, it's supposed to be like kind of dramatic. Yeah, it's like supposed serious. to be serious. Showing you like, like oh like, crap, oh my gosh, this, this is, is like real. the tensions they're facing. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like some might laugh at it because yeah. <laughs> it's Suicide Squad. Slipknot, the man um, who can climb anything. Yeah. The Casey did the only the only one who didn't times. get the fancy uh, um, movie trailer cue card. Uh, or not oh yeah 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 he, he, oh he, he didn't basically i hated those so much yeah, he basically didn't have his entire like trading card uh displayed on screen for us. <laughs> yeah <laughs> his stats and what yeah. he likes and his, his stats likes and dislikes a brief synopsis of his origin and you know like like the rest of them did 
yeah you can do that with some movies that movie like one it was like how they did it was stupid mm-hmm. and like i don't know that's not the movie you do that with you do that with like a more like silly or over the top it was movie. cut together like a movie trailer um, because it was cut exactly, by a trailer because yeah. it was oh, cut yeah exactly yeah um yeah that one definitely sucks but this one definitely seems uh seems promising yeah i will say this i really like harley's new outfit yeah um i've seen uh images here and there because this is another one where i didn't actually watch the trailer i've mostly just seen like the lineup um yeah so uh yeah whenever you get the chance just look up uh harley quinn uh suicide squad sequel um i i like her outfit a lot I, I never really cared for the the last Suicide Squad movie outfit. Um, this one, it seems like nearly perfect. I'm sure like you could show me another outfit and I'd be like, yes, that's perfect. Um, this one is a really good outfit, though. Yeah. It, it might actually make me like Harley Quinn because a lot of people, they some of their takeaways was like how much they liked Harley Quinn yeah. in Suicide Squad. Um, I didn't really care for it. I, I think the accent was a bit too thick or over the top, yeah. which Harley Quinn is supposed to yeah. be that, but I don't know. Like it, it felt weird. Yeah. Speaking as someone who was already a Harley Quinn fan going into the Suicide Squad movie, um, I will say that uh, I, I honestly don't think that movie did her like justice. No, not at um, all. So yeah, I think this movie definitely has the potential to do that. Though. Yeah, to do it. But yeah, like spe- yeah, so yeah, speaking as someone who like was already pretty into Harley Quinn before she was. I... <laughs> okay, don't want to sound like one of those people, but I liked Harley Quinn before she was popular. Um, <laughs> same for Deadpool too. So, I'm like yeah, my yeah. my Deadpool is uh the like 1990s Joe Kelly Deadpool. Like, that's what got me into him. So, like, I'm as um, close to OG Deadpool as it gets when it comes to how much I like, like, how much of a fan I am. Um, But yeah, like, I liked liked Harley before she was popular. Um, So, uh, going into that movie, I was like, I don't see what people, what, what everybody else is seeing in this version of the character, I guess. Yeah. It, it is just an outfit change. I really like the outfit change, but yeah, like uh, I still haven't seen Birds of Prey. Neither have I. I've heard it was actually it. pretty good, so I do want yeah, to yeah, see that's it. What I heard. It, it looks yeah, really violent. Actually, I'll see it. Yeah, I just hope. Uh, yeah, maybe which they probably did in Birds of Prey, but maybe do like some some minor tweaks. Yeah, to Harley. Um, well, um, the yeah. the thing is that. Um, the redesign for Harley's outfit, um, you could definitely tell that her outfit for Suicide Squad was probably designed by a man. Um, oh, yeah. Or at least, oh, at the very yeah. least, they were told to, like, oh, make her, like, as sexy as possible, right? Whereas yeah, her exactly. design for Birds of Prey, you can tell that was definitely put together by a woman. Uh, oh, because, yeah. yeah and even the way the camera looks at Harley, like, just from the shots I've seen, is very different from the way it looks at Harley and Suicide Squad. Yeah, Suicide Squad. It, it wanted you to show the the sexy yeah. angle. 
Well, yeah, you got you got to have that shot of her bending over, and, and so you can see that good shot of her butt. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, like kind of a uh, put a bow on the Suicide Squad sequel. Um, it's in the middle of my list, so yeah. I, I think it's. Uh, um, I, I will say, I will say something that I like about it is the fact yeah. that. Um, as far as Idris Elba's character goes, the the fact that they didn't just recast him as Deadshot, like that, yeah. and since yeah. Will Smith is probably not coming back to these movies, instead of just doing no. Deadshot again, they they went with a similar character and um, put Idris Elba in that role. And I like Idris Elba; I think he's a good actor. I'm a I'm a fan of his. Yeah. So uh, I think yeah. he's um, yeah because he definitely a good replacement because um, I think I like Idris Elba more than Will Smith. So, Yeah, I'd, I'd agree. And plus like uh, it was rumored or at least fan casting that uh, back whenever they were going to do Green Lantern that he would John be Stewart. John Stewart. I think he'd be a um, so, pretty good John Stewart. Um, yeah, yeah, I think so too. But it, it's at least good to see him like play some role in the DC universe because he is a really good actor. Yeah, actually um, a couple of years ago I was saying uh, I, whenever I would talk to people about it, I would say if he wasn't already Heimdall, I would have loved to see Idris Elba as Blade in the MCU version. Yeah. Now Mahershala Ali yeah, is cool. I can't imagine a better guy to be Blade in those movies now that he's been cast. Oh yeah, I forgot he was that yeah, yeah. Dude he's definitely oozes yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I'd say like yeah, top two is Mahershala Ali and uh, Idris Elba. Like anyone else, I couldn't really. I mean, I could see, but I'm saying yeah, those are definitely top two. Yeah. But yeah, like, um, but yeah, with Idris Elba as Bloodsport, I think he'll do, do good in the movie. Um, yeah, yeah, I think there's a fifty fifty chance his character survives. Yeah, because um, yeah. uh. Idris Elba uh, is a good actor, and I think they're going to keep his character around as long as possible. But he's not necessarily a franchise actor, so I don't know if he would have wanted to sign on for multiple movies. So yeah, and plus he's a you got to dish out the money for yeah. So oh yeah, because his his star's been rising for a while. He's he's getting he's getting more and more popular as the years go on. Yeah. Yeah, he's not a. It's not like that. I don't even remember what character he's playing. That Fula guy or whatever. Oh, Flula Borg. Flula Borg. Oh, he's getting more popular popular. too. He is, but it's not like you got to pay him a credit. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely like a low-profile comedian right now. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But um, yeah, I like Flula Borg. I think he's funny. He did a song with um. Uh, like, like I guess he makes music. He did a song with Ninja Sex Party, huh. which I thought was kind of weird. So yeah, the Suicide Squad with the the in front of it, yeah, because that's what we do when we reboot the. superheroes. Now we just say the the Suicide Squad, the, the Batman. Yeah, that way whenever. That way, whenever you're at Redbox looking for this later, like it's going to be alphabetical order, and it won't be paired up next to the old Suicide Squad movie. So you can't think about that. You got to go to the T section because of the the. Yeah. 
Yeah, the Suicide Squad, the Batman, the New Mutants, uh, the Fantastic Four, the Captain America. Wait. (laughs) The next movie will be the The. The The. And with that crappy joke, we can move to the next one. Yes. Onward. So... So there's three more. Uh, These next two, it's video games. Yeah. Um, This one, Gotham Knights. Um, it looks interesting. I mean, I would be interested to play um, a game set in Gotham where you're not stuck playing as Batman the whole time. Because one thing, the, the more extra characters that got introduced in the Arkham games, the more I was thinking, like, man, I would like to. Maybe I don't know. Play a couple missions as Nightwing or something. Exactly. In the main story, because yeah, yeah, I know there's exactly. DLC stuff, but like, hey, yeah. I think it'll be interesting. And maybe the story branched out just a little bit more. Maybe I got to play a couple missions as Batgirl. Maybe as Nightwing. Maybe as Robin. Exactly. I can't remember the the game company that's making this one, but yeah, they were basically. Uh, I think they it's had that um, same mindset. It's WB Games Montreal. So it's okay, it's okay. like being developed in house by a Warner Brothers owned company. Okay. Um, I I didn't watch because there were two trailers. There was like the official trailer, then like a gameplay trailer. I didn't watch the gameplay trailer, but the official trailer showed some gameplay. Yeah, yeah, it did. Uh, um, I think I saw the official trailer it looked, too. It looks pretty solid. Yeah, it looks decent. Yeah, yeah, it, it looks. Yeah, like they they have like over a year to like polish some stuff up. So, um, hopefully they can do that. Yeah, like you were saying, like the biggest things that I'm happy for, like, yeah, you get to play as four different bat characters. Um, all will have like differing combat skills. I'm sure. Yeah. I'm sure combat will be mostly the same for each one, but then you'll have like your different uh, skills for each one. Yeah. Um, yeah. It, it looks, it looks pretty solid. And also I really like the idea for the villain, the main villains of the, the story being the, the Court of Owls. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The one thing I'm thinking um, is now I understand that this this game probably is going to have them all like I know it is going to have some multiplayer stuff to it. I think that was a part of the um, yeah, two player co-op is I think what they were saying. Uh, but like obviously there's going to be I think probably some moments where like the characters are separated from each other and all that and um like there are yeah, probably yeah, going to be some single sure. player missions and things. And um but like when they're together, one thing I'm wondering is how in the story uh are they going to justify um Nightwing, Robin and Batgirl willingly working with Red Hood? Given yeah. the fact that yeah. neither like none of those characters seem like they're going to like they would compromise on their morals um just to work yeah. together. Like, well, like the other three are gonna be like Red Hood, you can't just kill people, and Red Hood's gonna be like, Well, you should be killing people. Yeah, well, I feel like it's gonna have to be like that overarching threat where it's like we have to work together even though we don't agree with each other. Similar to like Kind of similar to like the Infinity War thing, yeah. where it's like Tony didn't want to work with them; he had no other choice, though. Yeah, yeah, that's a good point. Like it'll be like a villain, or like if not the Court of Owls themselves, like 
the situation in Gotham as a whole, it's like, all right, like we're going to have to all work together now because things are about to get a lot worse yeah. now that Bruce's hey, my quotation's working. dead. Yeah, but uh, what I was basically <laughs> saying was like, uh, like uh, to kind of like wrap what I was saying up, basically uh, it seems like they would have to all work together just because of how crazy Gotham has gotten or is about to get now that Bruce Wayne is quotations dead. Yeah. Um, it, I, it'd be cool if he was actually dead, but uh, I, I know how comics and yeah, that yeah. type of stuff works, so it's a good chance he probably is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I see a lot of people, you know, with comments on the internet, like, you know, talking about like, oh, he's not actually dead. And those comments make sense. But then there are tons of people who are like making broad statements like they know what the plot, like the actual plot is going to be. It's like, okay, yeah, like no, making the assumption even... that he's not actually dead, that makes sense because that happens all the time in comics. But like trying to make broad yeah. statements on the plot based on your assumption that he's not dead and like talking about like what you think he's going to be doing, it's like, stop doing that. You have no information. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we have no idea. So, but yeah, it uh looks pretty solid. I, I'll have to definitely see some more stuff before I like pick it up on day one. Um, because because right now the thing that interests me most is the story idea of it. In terms of gameplay, I I, I need to get more out of it. If it's just button mash, uh, for combat, because here's the thing. After you play Ghost of Tsushima, all other combat melee stuff, it's like, you guys got to step up. Your yeah. <laughs> After Ghost of Tsushima, it's like, uh, th- like I need, uh, I need a little something more in my combat here. Yeah, exactly. So video games that do melee combat and all that, you got to step it up. It can't just be a button match. Yeah. So yeah, that's uh, Gotham Knights. Yeah, like um, the new Avengers game. After playing the beta, um, that one's a little bit of a button masher. And uh, yeah, um, I guess I'll say this now rather than waiting till the end of the episode. Um, I know we've been, uh, I at least have been talking about the Avengers game for a while, but um, yeah, yeah. Uh, and this is mostly for the audience benefit than for yours, since I already talked to you about this. Yeah, I got gotcha. you. But um, I did actually end up uh, canceling my pre-order for it because um, and it didn't really have much to do with quality. Because um, I could tell that like this game would be a lot better if uh, I were playing with other people. Um, and and a lot of yeah. people are going to say like, "Oh, but it's the beta; it's not finished." You, you don't release a beta three weeks before the game releases. This is was a, a demo. So uh, yeah, pretty much. Um, like this is how the game is going to release. So after playing it myself in yeah. single player, I could tell single player was not the optimal experience. And given the fact that this was designed as a multiplayer game, they have no incentive to improve the single player version since they're trying yeah. to drive everyone to multiplayer anyway. And for me, it's just like I don't want to pay for an Xbox Live subscription just to go online and play with other people though. So. For me, considering the fact that I'm never really going to experience that game the way it was meant to be experienced, it's not really worth the uh, um, the sixty bucks for me. Yeah, and and from the beginning, I was never 
really going to buy it right out the gate because it didn't seem like it was worth 60 bucks to me from the beginning. But um, it will be a game I pick up one day in the future whenever it's like cheaper, whenever they've like done a ton of updates yeah, and stuff well, to it to where it is assuming a lot assuming better. it lasts that long because again this is a live service game yeah. and they don't have a great track record with um live service games don't really have a great track record with uh, like keeping up with promises uh, or updating quickly enough to stay relevant so yeah and, and if it's not able to do that then uh well i i saved me some money i can get uh Suicide Squad killed the Justice League. Yes, which upon seeing it, I actually kind of got a little concerned. Like, oh no, is is this going to be another live service superhero game like the Avengers? Uh, <laughs> because yeah, like, and yeah. now now that paranoia just seeps into my brain every time I see anything that says multiplayer on it, and I'm like, oh oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. Uh, <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. Because unfortunately, the game industry has gotten to this point where it's like. Yeah, nothing's ever just going to be uh, you just playing a game Single at home player. anymore. Now every everything yeah. is turning into um, like yeah, no, you got to be online. You got to so we can advertise to you as much as humanly possible. Um, yeah. But yeah, uh, so I'm I'm thinking that you know this game can be played um, alone if you wanted. Uh, it's like it's, it lo- it's looking like it's yeah, it it's should. looking like it does have that multiplayer element. It's probably just like a four like yeah. a four player multiplayer sort of thing where like you and three buddies yeah, hop yeah. online and you play through like a, a map together, which is what the Avengers is as well. But this one, I'm I'm looking at it and thinking like this one looks like it's more story driven. Yeah, it seems like uh, because I mean it's it's made by the guys that made the Arkham. Yeah, it's made by Rocksteady, so they understand like. Hey, not everyone wants to play multiplayer. Let's at least give some stuff to the single player guys. Um, they they understand that yeah. stuff. Um, I'd say that's like the thing that like a genius way to start your trailer is to show that where it's made by the Arkham series. Yeah, guys. yeah. And and then it shows Rocksteady. In case you didn't know who it was, it shows Rocksteady. It's like okay, now I have my expectations. I have my expectations set. Yeah. So, like, if I saw this trailer without knowing that, I might be like, eh, I don't know. But then you see that, so you kind of have, like, okay, so this is going to be quality. Yeah, and um, it was a genuinely funny trailer, too. Um, like, yeah, right up yeah, there at the end, good. King Shark's like, oh, Superman. The mighty Superman has saved that yeah. pirate. <laughs> yeah. And he just fries the dude yeah. in front of him. <laughs> And bo- kept boomerangs yeah. like, all right, so we find out who was supposed to kill, and just the quiet, like just pointing up yeah, the fingers. Point, yeah. Wow. Right. Yeah, I, I, I thought it was like, even though it is an animated trailer, like you already know it's rock steady, so you don't have to really worry too much. Yeah. Like, obviously, we are going to watch gameplay when it comes out. And yeah, stuff, I want to like, know how this game with plays. rocks. Yeah, yeah, definitely. But I'm saying with rock steady making it, like you feel assured yeah. that, like it's most likely going to be yeah there's there it's going to be quality like there's yeah yeah the, like the expectations are high and uh oh yeah um and to put this trailer out 2 years before the game comes yeah, out. yeah. well that's how <laughs> video game trailers are really done nowadays like 
Spider-Man and God of War both had trailers out three years ahead of their release. Yeah, so. But yeah, uh, it. I mean, like obviously we don't see any gameplay or anything, but like the the premise, I like the premise a lot. I I like because they hint at like uh, how each character will play in the trailer, kind of. Captain Boomerang weirds me out watching that. Captain Boomerang, like when I saw his stuff, I was like, I feel like I would play as Captain Boomerang a lot. (laughs) Like I usually go for the big bruiser type, so I feel like um, uh, King Shark would probably end up being like my main if I played that game. But like Captain Boomerang looks so weird and interesting. Yeah, it looks pretty awesome. Like all of them have like their their cool little sets. I, I like the uh, basically combining like some of Firefly stuff with Deadshot stuff, where he can have a jetpack and is flying yeah. around and stuff. Just, just so he's not super similar to Harley. Yeah. Um, yeah, I like that they yeah. all have their own like ways of moving around. Yeah, yeah, it definitely seems, uh, definitely seems pretty cool. And like, uh, this, this isn't even like a, a complaint. It's just like, what if? Um, I, I, I like the King Shark thing, but imagine if it did have Rob Funch's voice. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been so cool. Yeah. Yeah, that would that would have been fun if it was um would have been kind of funny if it was like the Harley Quinn TV show cast in there as these characters. Yeah, yeah. But no, I could definitely tell like from the very start of the trailer, I was like, ah, they got Tara Strong to be Harley again. Okay. Yeah. Because yeah. like even when she's like doing other voices, Tara Strong has one of the most distinct voices in voice oh, acting. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah. She's like uh, she's like Nolan North or Jennifer Hale. Like you, you never, you're never yeah. not aware of who's who you're listening to, as long as you know exactly. the actors, of course. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, like uh, like you're always she, and she's not quite like Troy Baker, where Troy Baker has enough range that. He, he could pass by without you noticing. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Um, if I didn't know that Troy Baker was the voice of Joel in The Last of Us, I, you know, I wouldn't know based on the voice. Yeah, exactly. He's got a lot of range, but like, like Nolan North and Tara Strong, like they, um, they've got range, but not enough to actually disguise their voices. Yeah, like you can hear like hints of them yeah. in almost each of them. Like characters. I can I can hear bubbles from the Powerpuff Girls when Ben Ten speaks. Yeah, yeah exactly. So, which is crazy, but <laughs> considering how actually different those voices are, but yeah, like I can hear it. Yeah. I can I can hear Harley Quinn in Timmy Turner. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, but uh yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to this game. Like uh definitely the beginning of that trailer assured me that this will be good, even though all we are seeing is a cinematic animated trailer. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um when, when gameplay comes out, more hype will be generated. But considering the yeah, fact yeah. that like you said, this is two years out from release, um uh it's gonna be a little while before we see gameplay. 
This is yeah, this yeah. is just the trailer that they're releasing to let us know they're working on it. Yeah. All right. And again, again, an interesting premise where it's not your your Batman. Yeah. Per se, like 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 we were talking about with the other game. That's the good thing about both these games is it's like kind of your your lower tier yeah. type character. Yeah, there's certain that you wouldn't really expect of a. They're video certainly game. rooted in Batman with um obviously with the Gotham Knights one being literally in Gotham City and being about a bunch of Robins, yeah. but uh and uh then with Suicide Squad typically being made up half of Batman villains anyway. Um, yeah. But like, uh, yeah, but like they're definitely branching out from under Batman. So yeah, oh, the, the final trailer of DC fandom. This this isn't all the stuff they announced. They announced other stuff, and we'll announce comic stuff in like the week. Yeah, like the, the, this one's the big one. Yeah, yeah, this is the the big one. The Batman finally oh. got a trailer of it. I have vengeance. Yeah, like this trailer. I- it was pretty good. It was pretty good. I sh- I showed my mom this trailer, um, and she was like, "Oh, so it looks like the Twilight version of Batman." And I'm like, "No, <laughs> it doesn't." <laughs> like she just cannot look past Robert Pattinson. Yeah, yeah. As what Batman, you think? like, like, because because she thinks that anything he's in just takes on the same tone as Twilight. That's like, no, yeah. this is this trailer does not feel anything like twilight yeah which the thing is 10 years ago like most people just saw him as the twilight guy they typecasted him as that but like in the past i'd say five years like if you've watched some of his recent movies you're you're clearly proven that this guy is actually a good actor i mean like uh see the thing is after twilight robert pattinson um uh he he looks back on those movies with disdain now. Yeah, and, yeah. Um, he's he's put so much work into distancing himself from those movies. He has stayed away from big roles as much as he possibly can, doing just like small indie stuff or Which art house. Which is so films. perfect because like it, it really shows like uh, his acting chop shine when he does those like small, uh, yeah, like more indie type films. Yeah, I mean, I, like I heard that the lighthouse was really good. Yeah, I want to see like. It. Like the movie that like made me realize this dude is a serious actor is Good Time. Good Time was like a really good movie. It came out like three or four years ago, and it the guy was excellent in that movie. It's made by the same guys that made Uncut Gems. Um, okay, but it's it's really good. And yeah, The Lighthouse. Even though I'm not the biggest fan of that movie, I think the movie in general is good. He does an amazing job in that. Movie. Mm. I, I would at least say that that both him and Willem Dafoe do an amazing job in that movie. Um, the movie as a whole, um, I think, is overhyped, but I do still think it's good. Mm. Okay, but yeah, and, uh, but yeah, like ever since Robert Pattinson was cast as Batman, um, even when we're seeing. Uh, you know, new material come out. All I see on the internet is people still making comments talking about how this movie is going to be bad because all anyone can ever do about anything anymore is whine. Um, well, especially is, especially is, when it comes to nerd culture. Yeah, the problem is, is like, uh, 
how some of those people are like stuck in bubbles. Like a lot of them haven't seen those other projects or movies that he's done and haven't realized that the dude is actually a good actor. Like he really is a good actor. Whenever it was announced that he was going to be Batman like two or three years ago, I was like, I, I like that. I, 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 in my mind, I was like, that's different. I feel, and I I feel like it was that. last year that he was announced. Maybe it was. Yeah. Maybe it was last year, which that, that would then uh, make it more uh, reasonable for me to be like, this dude's going to be good because yeah, let's, yeah, I think it was announced last year when it was announced. I was like, okay, this guy's going to do a good job just because of like what I've seen from in the past. The guy has a lot of range. He's actually a good actor. So I'm definitely looking forward to it. I thought, I thought the scene <laughs> where Batman beat the crap out of that guy was oh pretty God. great. <laughs> this is just based on that scene. This is going to be the meanest Batman we've had on screen. Oh yeah, yeah. Like because... even meaner than Ben Affleck's Batman. And and this one it uh it makes sense because this is essentially like year two. From what I was reading, it was like year two of him being Batman. Mm, and right. like, uh, so so he's not new, but he is still uh, getting, learning some stuff. But um, yeah. But yeah, like what I saw with that scene was like, you have all those, those goons around that guy. Yeah. And what I saw with that scene was not him simply beating being brutal is more like him trying to scare them because that's what Batman yeah. does to criminals he's he tries to scare them so and, he was he was using this one goon as a tool to intimidate the rest of them exactly not exactly. doing anything yeah because if you watch that scene <laughs> whenever it like flashes back to the other goons that are standing there they <laughs> look terrified like yeah. like one looks like he's about to cry <laughs> Because he realizes right there, like, oh, no. <laughs> I saw this phrased in um, a comment. Yeah. Um, I can't remember, like, the name of the person who commented, but whatever. It doesn't matter. Um, the way they phrased it was, he mashed square on that dude's face. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that... I love that. Yeah. Because, yeah, like, yeah, a lot of people would see it as brutalness, but, like, knowing how batman is it's like especially in early years when he's trying to not exactly i'd almost say make a name for himself amongst the yeah. the criminal underworld to tell them to watch out essentially um and that is definitely a way to do it yeah like um i, I feel like arkham origins also did like that year two batman thing very well where like uh like he's he's still like testing the limits of things and like he accidentally chokes a dude to unconsciousness while trying to interrogate yeah. him so just to wake him up later yeah exactly um sort of thing like that's the sort of stuff that like yeah i, I like seeing that in a young batman movie where like yeah, he's still figuring it out like of course he would accidentally yeah. choke a dude out interrogating him because he doesn't know how long someone can hold their breath for exactly yet yeah yeah so but yeah like and just completely obliterating this one dude in front of all of his buddies <laughs> as an intimidation technique I was like yeah that's definitely a younger meaner batman thing to do and yeah plus like like it, it's mean but like 
that right there showed me like the combat looks so promising. Yeah, the the action in this movie is going to be crazy if yeah. all of the scenes are like that. Oh yeah. Um, I know it is going to be a more uh, detective based movie, like a more investigation like focused yeah, movie. Yeah. Yeah, I like that idea because we haven't seen Batman as a detective in movies yet. Yeah. Like there were a couple of scenes here and there in the Christopher Nolan ones yeah, where yeah. he would use technology to solve the mystery. I'm going like, to get this guy's fingerprint off of a bullet that went into brick. Yeah. <laughs> Just turn your mind off. And Yeah, 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 basically. Uh, but um, yeah, but like watching a movie where like there's an actual mystery that Batman has to use his actual human brain inside of his skull to solve yeah um like and the fact that the riddler is the villain of the movie is obviously perfect for that oh yeah it's perfect for that yeah so many people after they see they made the mistake of doing something that looks like something else because so many people see the duct tape around the heads and who do you who do you think people are thinking that is who are they thinking hush Oh, I, see I the can see like the how... head, and because it looks kind of like Hush's bandages, people are like, "Oh, Hush is in this movie." I can see how like some people would think that, but I I don't know if they're Hush is like I don't know if Hush Hush could be his own main movie villain, but they wouldn't have him as like a side villain. I wouldn't think. No, and and no, Hush is not going to be in this movie. No, no, I know he's not going to be. But, in this like... movie. I'm just saying, like <laughs> Hush isn't Hush isn't like a side villain for you to. Yeah, like I feel like he could be much more grander. Yeah, Hush, Hush is a is um a main antagonist sort of yeah. villain. Uh, but yeah, like it's it's the Riddler. It's obviously the Riddler. But so yeah. many yeah. so many people saw the duct tape around the heads, thought, oh, that looks like Hush. Oh, that means Hush is in this movie. It's, it's, no, no. But yeah, like I said, um, they made the mistake of doing something that looks like something else. Yeah, so. yeah. You should never, like, if you're going to do something in a comic book movie, you should do research to see if literally any teeny tiny minor thing looks like what you're doing. And if it does, change it because people are going to think you're doing something you're not doing. Yeah. And then they're going to get mad at you like it's your fault when that's not what you're doing. Yeah. But, I mean, it's going to make money regardless. Oh, yeah, because it's Batman. Yeah, exactly. Prince money. Did you say prints money? I said it prints money. Oh, it prints money. I, okay. I was going to be like, Prince did music for one Batman movie. <laughs> and, and all of a sudden, it's all prints money. Wait, what music did he do for a Batman movie? Uh, 89, the, the first Tim Burton one with That's Jack right. Nicholson and Michael Yeah, Keaton. yeah. For some reason, I was thinking of, uh, <laughs> I think it's. Uh... Maybe Batman and Robin. Maybe Batman Forever. I was thinking of yeah. Steel. The uh, baby, I can pray <laughs> the, um, like the parade that the Joker does in uh, the first Batman movie. They got a, that song like "Gonna Party Like It's 19." That's right. Yeah, I forgot do, about do, that. Do, do, do. That is right. That's a good song. Oh yeah, yeah. You think they're gonna play any Prince music in the Batman? <laughs> just have a scene. Just have a scene of the of the Riddler um, taping up a dude's head with duct tape, and they're just playing Prince music in the background. Yeah, the Riddler's like uh, he's like Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. 
listening to <laughs> listening to like uh what was it the who i don't even remember what patrick bateman was listening to yeah i never saw american psycho oh it's so good it's, um, it's really only if you like Amer if you like uh serial killer movies though if you, yeah if you yeah. don't like those then like definitely don't watch it yeah um what was I about to say? Right. Um, people have solved one of the Riddler's riddles from the trailer, but it's a riddle that already exists, so that's not a big deal. Oh, I gotcha. But um, one of the riddles in the trailer, I believe, was um, what What does a liar do when he's dead? What's the answer? He lies still. Oh. Yeah. Pretty clever, I think. I don't know. Great job, Riddler. You did a riddle that most Already people probably Googled. Googled. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Batman Googled it on his phone. <laughs> Batman just pulls out a smartphone on the crimes. Yeah. <laughs> He's like, it, it's obvious. You guys, and, and, you guys Bat- didn't think about looking it up? Yeah, Batman's like, here, Gordon, let me airdrop you the uh, the answer. And it says, like, Bruce Wayne wants to airdrop, like, a <laughs> thing. And, 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 <laughs> and Batman's like, wait, 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 wait. forget that. Forget that you saw that. Uh, I, I, I robbed Bruce Wayne. I, I am borrowing Bruce Wayne's phone. <laughs> I don't have one, so I needed his. Yeah. The only way you can contact me is by bat signal. So, you know. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, I'm looking forward to this movie. Yeah, yeah. Andy Circus as fun. Alfred. Yeah, that's a really good choice. It's a weird choice to me. I think it can be good. Because Andy Circus is you see him a lot in those insane roles, but I, I know the guy can dial it back. So. Oh yeah, yeah. I, I have no doubt that um Andy Circus like can act, you know, like like a person with, you know. You know, subtlety and nuance. I know he's a good actor. Um, <laughs> we just see uh, Andy Circus in his butler outfit, like crouched down. He's like, like oh, let, let us, Master Wayne is home. <laughs> <laughs> like, uh, but yeah, like I know he's a good actor because because um, of the Planet of the Apes movies that he's in. Yeah, yeah. He's as Caesar. It's like, see, for being an entirely like CGI creation, Caesar is one of the like most like subtle and human performances i've seen in a movie especially yeah. in a, like a big budget blockbuster movie like that yeah which is and, why well, we i don't need... know if those planet of the apes movies are actually actually have like big budgets compared to other like movies of the time yeah they're really they're, they're really they're really an big. action movie either because they're not there's not a lot of action in those movies they're very slow yeah rise of the planet of the apes has pretty much no action dawn of the planet of the apes probably has the most but still not a crap ton and War for the War, Planet of the Apes has quite a bit, but that War one has quite a bit, but it's mostly like towards the end. Yeah, um, well, most of them have like center their action towards the end. Yeah, yeah, because um, like a uh, like the big um, like escape of all the apes in San Francisco at the end of the first one um, is like yeah, the big action the moment, and yeah, then like yeah. the the big fight between Caesar and Koba in the second one. Yeah. Is, you know that big action set piece 
yeah. for the most part. And also on top of the fact that all the humans and apes are fighting each other on the streets. Yeah. Um, and then, uh, yeah, and then most of the action in the third one is like Caesar freeing his people one last time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so, but, yeah. So what we'll need... Gosh, we'll I, need... I cried at the end of that third one. Oh, yeah. Those movies, they're so... They're so good. They're, I feel like those movies will be like, if not at least hidden gems, they'll at least be like classics. I I feel like um, the the new Planet of the Apes movies we have, the this trilogy, is probably the only, one of the only instances of genuinely good prequels that yeah. actually serve to enhance the original. Yeah, I agree. And considering the fact that the original came out like 50 years ago, yeah, um, that says a lot. Yeah, the, like the original Planet of the Apes is a genuine classic movie, and the fact that oh, yeah. this prequel trilogy that came out is fantastic, and some of the best movies we've had in the past couple decades, and yeah. also serves to genuinely enhance the story of the first movie that it's based on, it's like yeah. Because it's about, cause, yeah, because it's about, because obviously you hear about Caesar in the original Planet of the Apes movie, and he's this like mythical figure, and then yeah. you and then you see Caesar, the actual living, I guess you could call him person at this point. Yeah, you see his Anakin story. Yeah, yeah, you you see who Caesar actually was, yeah. and and you understand why he's become such a mythical figure to the apes, and it's yeah, exactly. And it's like it's a beautiful like story to me. I I love those those apes movies. Yeah, Planet of the fantastic. Apes, both the original and the prequel trilogy are some of my favorite movies of all time. So oh yeah, yeah. Because because in terms of the old Planet of the Apes, you just need to watch the first one. After that, oh yeah, it's not that great. I I saw um, the entire original series for Planet of the Apes, and it really does just kind of go downhill after the first one. I will yeah, say the, the first, the one third one, great. the third one picks it back up and improves from the second one because the second one is boring beyond belief. Yeah, yeah, but um, yeah, like the the first one is absolutely the best of the original Apes series. Yeah, because really, yeah, it's pretty much like you were saying. You can just watch that one and then this new trilogy. But yeah, yeah. Anyway, that's back to, oh, actually, this does have a connection to the Batman. Matt Reeves is directing the Batman, and he directed oh, yeah. the last two Apes movies. Yeah, nice yeah. quality. Yeah, yeah. So there was a connection there. Ooh, I, I'm gonna have to oh, see. Hey, maybe Andy. that's how they got Andy Circus. Maybe he's like, oh yeah, I've worked with this director uh, before. I like him. Probably, yeah, probably like the whole uh, whole Christopher Nolan type. Thing yeah, where he gets or uh, or James Gunn, where he'll. Uh, yeah, James Gunn brings Michael Rooker and Nathan Fillion with him pretty much everywhere he goes. Yeah, and his brother, <laughs> and his brother. Yes, yeah. My brother can only come if he plays a stupid, ridiculous character. Yeah. <laughs> my my brother can only come if he has to wear a green morph suit and crouch on the ground for most of the filming. Yeah. <laughs> the funny thing is. Um, uh yeah, James Gunn's brother technically kind of acts for two characters in the Guardians movies, because um, yeah, because he plays that Hitchman guy. Yeah, he, yeah, he's that Craglin dude, and then he's yeah. also the uh, body actor for Rocket. Yeah, 
it's so funny seeing the behind the scenes footage from the first movie after um someone petting his head. yeah yeah after uh, Groot gets shattered in the first movie and like you just see yeah. Drax just petting the back of the head of this dude in a green morph suit <laughs> Yeah, I think that's just James Gunn, like, uh, secretly just dislikes his brother, but his brother yeah. needs a job. Yes, yeah, so secretly just like, figuring out right. a way to mess with his brother. Yeah, yeah, he's like, all right, you need a job? Well, well, no, no, the brother's like, please, like, I, I want to roll in your next big movie. He's like, okay, you can play as Rocket the Raccoon. And the brother's like, oh, okay, I, I guess I'll voice act that. No, 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 no. I want you to get in this stupid little unitard over here. And I want that guy to pet you like you're a raccoon, like you're lower than him. <laughs> <laughs> and then we're going to dub all of your dialogue over with Bradley Cooper's voice <laughs> and give him the, like basically just the credit as the character. No one will really care that you're him. They'll all think you're that stupid henchman guy. That's right. I cast you in two roles. You cast me in two roles? <laughs> Shut up! <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, Don't get your with, hopes up. It's a bit part at best. Yeah, yeah. Then with uh, Suicide Squad, the sequel, he's like, uh, he's like, alright, look, I'll, I'll be in this movie for you brother big brother james gunn but like big brother jimmy <laughs> can can you at least give me like kind of a role could i at least be on like the team maybe he's like yeah 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 you can be on the team oh sweet but you're going to dress up as this ridiculous looking master splinter looking guy dang it oh wait a minute is that weasel yeah oh is brother, sean gunn weasel. is weasel yep <laughs> Oh, I didn't realize that. Yep. <laughs> he's um he's gonna be like a fully CGI character too. Yeah, I think so. Oh my gosh, that's another like motion capture thing. I think um Sean Gunn might just kind of be like a genuine like motion capture actor, kinda like Andy Circus. Yeah, yeah, probably. Um and Toby Kebble. I just like the idea that James Gunn just doesn't like his brother. Yeah. You know, um, so, uh, oh, pff, trying to think of a movie he's been in. You know, uh, the uh, one of the scientist dudes, like the first scientist dude in the Bloodshot movie that we see Bloodshot actually kill. Yeah, yeah. The one who, uh, um, at the beginning of the movie, was the one made to look like he killed his wife. Yeah, the uh, the guy from Black Mirror. Yes, yes. Okay, all right. I didn't know if you'd seen Black Mirror and seen that episode, so I, I wasn't sure. Yeah, yeah. But, um... But yeah, that dude, he is like, I think Andy Serkis is like protege. So know. he was Koba in the Planet of the Apes movies. Oh, that's and so right. he, yeah, he, yeah. so he was, he played opposite Andy Serkis in those movies as the bad yeah, guy. I forgot all about that. And he was also King Kong in the most recent Kong movie. Really? Yeah. Dang. Huh. Which I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah. On top of the fact that he also like had just a regular human role in that movie too, but he like died halfway yeah, yeah. through. But yeah, he was in the whole movie as Kong. Not the whole movie as Kong, because Kong wasn't in the whole movie, but like you know what I mean. 
One of his two characters in that movie survived to the end. Kong, if you look at every frame in that movie, he can be seen in the tiniest little bit in the background. Like Tyler Durden? Yes. (laughs) Yes. There's there's a frame. Flashes of Tyler Durden in Fight Club? Yeah, there's one frame that'll pop up like every 30 minutes, and it's just this giant image of King Kong. And you're like, what the heck was that? Just this one single frame of of just, you see King Kong's leg in the background going up into the sky. You just hear a... (laughs) (laughs) It's a a quake noise. You're like, what the heck? What's going on? And nobody on the screen acknowledges it. Yeah, yeah. That's ridiculous. You're ridiculous, Brandon. You're <laughs> such a goofball. I'm a goober. You're a goober. Goofy. You're a, yeah. You're a goofy goober. Yeah. Yeah. You're a goofy goober. Yeah. We're all goofy goobers. Yeah. Yeah. Goofy, 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 goofy goobers. Yeah. Yeah. All right. <laughs> so, what do you think of the uh, the costume, the Batman costume? I think it looks pretty good. So do I. I. I see so many people being like, "Oh, this costume looks terrible," and I'm like, "Are do you have eyes? This costume looks awesome." Yeah, I think the first thing I thought of, especially with the way Robert Pattinson's jaw is shaped, back when his costume was first revealed, is I thought like, "Oh, that looks like Daredevil." Yeah, like it looks yeah. like Charlie yeah. Cox's Daredevil because I think yeah. their jaws are just kind of similarly shaped. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah, I think the costume looks good. I mean, like, here's the thing. Like, with any superhero movie, the costume's going to be different each movie anyway. Because, like, one, you have, like, costume designers. This is real life stuff. Costume designers that want to make improvements and stuff. But also, if you think in the movie, the character is trying to make improvements to their costume. So this is also year two. So this isn't the finished Batman suit. Batman has many different suits. Yeah. This isn't the finished one. So if you're like complaining about that, just think like he hasn't been doing it that much. Like he's still perfecting the suit to say. Yeah. Like, uh, yeah, I think that this new Batman costume looks really good. And, um, and when you, when you think about the facts that like, the the first movie Batman costume, other than the Adam West one, because that was all cloth. But yeah. um, the first movie Batman costume, where they were actually trying to make him look like Batman from the comics, where yeah. the actor was able to turn his head independently from the rest of his body, was in the Dark Knight. Yeah, exactly. Like, so basically, um, Michael Keaton, Val Kilmer, George Clooney, and one movie for Christian Bale none of them were able to turn their heads independently from their body because the cowl made it impossible to do that without ripping it. Um, yeah. It was it wasn't until the Dark Knight version of the Batman suit that Christian Bale was able to move his head separately from his shoulders. Yeah, exactly. So like like we've come a long way with costume design and I feel like this Batman costume looks and probably functions pretty good yeah yeah a lot of people complain about the fact that a lot of these costumes don't look like they do in um the comic books but like in the comic books you don't have to worry about an actor actually being able to fit in the suit 
Yeah. You can just draw whatever you, you can, want. Yeah, you can make it look however you want. That's why you have all these, like, half-naked ladies running around. It's like, how does that... Okay, actually... well, that's changing. That's being improved on lately. What I mean is, <laughs> is in comics, though, you would just have, like, basically bikini suits, but they were armor. Yeah. And you're like, what? what is that actually... You're only protecting a small part of your body. Yeah, What's the functionality? Yeah, of she's a, she's protecting the important parts. The boobs <laughs> yeah. of the baby maker. <laughs> Apparently, yeah. But but yeah, like what I'm saying is uh with real life, like when people are watching these movies, they kind of think like Okay, what's the purpose or the functionality yeah. of this piece or the suit? Well, that sort of well, thing. that and like not even functionality, but just like you have to be able to design this so that an actor can get in and out of it. Yeah, like a yeah, human exactly. body has to get in and out of those suits. Yeah, so like you can't design it like a comic book suit where it's like, yeah, it's just skin tight, no zipper, good luck, bud. Yes, exactly. <laughs> like um, the best advice that either Tobey Maguire or Andrew Garfield were able to give Tom Holland when he was cast as Spider-Man. I think they both told him this. They both told him... Make sure you can re- pee request or a go pee to hole. the bathroom. Yeah. Yeah, like request a pee hole so that you can use the bathroom. Yeah. I think suit. the same thing was uh, was passed down from uh, Christian Bell to Robert Pattinson. Um, yeah. Like, he, he told him the same thing. Like, make sure you can go to the bathroom in the suit. Yeah. Not 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 actually pee or poop in the suit, but have a yeah. flap or something. Yeah, yeah. It's not like an Iron Man two where he's like, you know, people <laughs> always ask me, how do you go to the bathroom in that suit? Yeah. Just, <laughs> just like that. Yeah. <laughs> you so you I just think like that is one of my favorite jokes in a superhero movie. Yeah. You just have like uh like Batman and like uh you just see him like standing still, like looking relaxed. Someone's like, "What are you doing, Batman?" And then you hear like this, like quiet, like flushing noise. <laughs> <laughs> the person's like, "Oh, okay." And then they're like, "Wait, how? Wh- where does that go?" And then, and then, like later on in the movie, you see Batman use like like a like a mist thing from his from a wrist mounted shooter. Uh, that like distracts enemies by shooting a mist in their face, and then, like yeah, someone be like, "Oh, <laughs> <laughs> no, Batman, no!" And he's like, "Yes, Batman, yes!" And then starts punching the bad guy in the face. Just like how I use every part of the suit, I use every part of my body, even what I excrete. Batman, why? <laughs> Because bats are dirty. <laughs> Alrighty. So yeah, that's all the that's pretty much all the DC fandom stuff covered, huh? Yeah, that's all the. Um, the I feel like the there was something stuff. else I wanted to talk about too. Like, just a couple things I wanted to mention. Um, there was a minor thing I wanted to mention. I don't uh, even remember what I wanted to talk about. Static shock in the the milestone universe is coming back to comics. That's pretty. Oh, cool! Like, like the milestone universe in general, like all this is coming back. Uh, milestone is going to be at least an imprint in DC. Okay. I was going to um, say, like, is it is it going to be? So, is it is it going to be its own independent world, or is it still going to be a part of the DC universe? I'm not sure. That's what I'm not sure about. I know they are making new 
comics of like Static and yeah. Icon and uh, Icon and Rocket. I don't remember. And then yeah, like Stat- Static characters. and Icon are literally the only two milestone characters I remember by name. Yeah, there's like three or four that they were saying they definitely are making uh, new comics of, as well as they'll be putting out the older stuff in trade because like static is a hard book to find in trade yeah dude i i've been trying to find like a static trade for years and i couldn't find one yeah so they'll be reprinting that stuff oh that is awesome okay i'm excited for that i want to read the old static stuff oh yeah so yeah okay that makes me happy i'm glad you i'm glad you brought that up yeah and they'll be in 2021 and sometime. And then, like, yeah. minor, teeny tiny Marvel uh, news. I wanted okay. to mention this only because, like, uh, I'm really I, – I think this is a cool idea, and you'd probably be interested in this as well. Um, there's an upcoming miniseries. Like, I went to the comic book shop a day or two ago, and a lot of times whenever it's, like, free comic book day or whatever, they yeah. try to they try to pawn off their uh, – their what's coming catalogs they're like here here yeah. it's free and it's like, yeah yeah free don't have room. Is, base, is basically a, a, an advertisement well i mean i mean like yeah you have the free comic books but i'm saying they also have like catalogs of like oh, what okay, marvel yeah. will be coming out with for the year like stuff like that yeah they're big catalogs and they'll just like throw it in your bag and you're just thinking like i don't have room <laughs> i'll probably throw this away in like a week why did you give this to me um <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I was skimming through that because I, I usually don't skim through it. I usually do throw it away because most Marvel stuff, recent years, I don't really care for. Yeah. One thing that does seem really cool and I like it is there's a Wolverine miniseries coming out called Wolverine Black, White, and Blood. And what it is, uh, did you ever read the Batman, uh, I'm trying to remember what it's called. Uh, Batman Black and White. I did not. I've not read it, that. It was, it was basically a series, kind of like a mini series where the, the whole book's in black and white. It's inked. Um, but there were like two or three stories per issue. And it was like uh, just anthology type stuff. Yeah. Like, like tales of the Batman kind of. But. Yeah. It, it was done by like big creators. It wasn't just no name stuff. It was like big creators. So each story was pretty decent to like really good. That's essentially what they're doing with Wolverine here. So um, from the sound of it, though, with it being called Black, White, and Blood, I'm assuming that red is going to be the only actual color in the. Yes, and it looks really dang it, good. Dang it! Dang it! Dang it! Dang it! No. Dang it. No, no, you need to see it. It looks really good. No, they stole my idea. Oh, really? Yes. I had this idea years ago. Dang it. <laughs> yeah, you got to look up the images because then you'll probably be like, dang it. That's exactly I'm, what I was picturing. Yes, yes I want to read it. I want to read it, but I'm but I'm mad. It still makes me mad. Dang it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No. It's it's such I... such a good idea. It looks so good. Because, yeah, it, it is black and white, and then the only stuff that pops out are red. And it's not always blood. Like, there's a... There's, yeah, just uh, anything that's red, right? Yeah, like, there's agents of Hydra. Like, their goggles are red, and it really pops. 
but yeah like blood definitely so anytime you like stab someone there's just like red blood splatter i'm annoyed by that because now now when i do that with my comics it's gonna look like i'm copying them oh tio's copying (laughs) that mini series and here's here's the problem though is like uh this is probably going to be pretty big too. So yeah, you'll definitely have to avoid copying because with this mini series, each issue is like two or three stories in each issue made by big talents, like big writers and creators are doing stories for this mini series. Um, so it'll definitely, it'll definitely have some good stories in it. Yeah. Well, well, hopefully, hopefully mine will be able to stand out a little bit more because I want to do black, white, and red, but also um, every character's eye color would be filled in. So that would hopefully be different enough that they couldn't come after me for it. Yeah, yeah, I gotcha. Or like, it, it, it's like, let's say 15, 20 years in the future where you're like paying homage to it and everyone's like, oh, yeah, the- yeah, yeah, I missed that. I certainly hope it doesn't take 15 to 20 years for me to start publishing this particular idea because this is like the idea I have in mind is kind of in my head, my my opus. So I got you. Well, that's the color palette. I, that that's long. the color palette I want for it. Well, I, you say? I say 15, I say 15 to 20 years. So there's like enough time in between to where people can look nostalgic at the series. Yeah. It, it, it's it's more nostalgia than copy. Yeah. But yeah, it, it uh normally I, I don't care about modern day Marvel stuff, but this uh it, yeah, this one sounds like, interesting. Yeah, it really really gets me. Wolverine really black, white, and blood. Yeah. But All yeah, right, that comes out this November. You bringing up Marvel stuff reminds me of what I wanted to talk about. Okay, this is an open letter to Marvel. Uh, Marvel, not everyone needs an Iron Man suit. Yeah, seriously. Like, okay, I was I was okay with it at first because it's like, oh yeah, it's kind of fun, you know. Some of, some of these characters get to wear an Iron Man suit for a little bit. Um, and then I saw in the like a, a like a sketch or a concept art thing or whatever for an upcoming issue of their empire miniseries they're doing empire with a y though so that they get to pretend it's a new word they're not just yeah, using the yeah. same words for all of their uh event names um because the three words i think marvel uses the most for their event names are war secret, secret war, and empire, empire. yeah uh, so anyway but um yeah so empire with a y um uh, Mr. Fantastic is getting an Iron Man suit that can stretch with him. What, what is the point? Like, <laughs> like Mr. Fantastic doesn't need to fly because he can stretch where he needs to go. He doesn't need armor because he uh, is squishy like rubber. He doesn't. Yeah. He doesn't need to be able to hit harder because he can form his hands into hammers. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, like it, it, it just like he, but if anything, you would think the armor would be holding him back. Yeah, like that. It seems like it would be so limiting. Like, yeah. like even if it can stretch with him, it's like, what's the point? Yeah, he doesn't need it. Not so. Like, this is where I'm putting my foot down, drawing a line in the sand, like Marvel. 
Not everyone needs an Iron Man suit. It makes Iron Man less special when everyone has an Iron Man suit. Yeah, yeah. It's like, it's like, well, why do we need Iron Man? Like, I get there being multiple Hulks because it gives someone, it gives the Hulk someone to like physically fight. Yeah. Um, I get there being multiple Spider Men because it doesn't make Peter Parker any less special for other Spider Men to be around because Spider Man can be anyone and every Spider Man's different. Yeah, it's, exactly. it's like the Spider-Verse movie says, what makes you different makes you Spider-Man. Yeah. So, uh, like, I'm okay with multiple Spider-Men, because all of them being Spider-Man, but all being different is the point. Um, yeah. But, like, multiple Iron Men? Like, I understand that it's Tony's genius that makes him, like, the Iron Man, right? But at the same time, yeah. like, the fact that he is the one who made that suit, he's the one who pilots it, the Iron Man suit is an extension of Tony's desire to be better than who he was. Yeah. Like that, like for him to just, for Iron Man suits to just exist for anyone who wants one now, like it takes away a part of the symbolism and meaning of the Iron Man suit for Tony as a character. Yeah. Like War Machine, I'm okay with War Machine. War Machine, um, like means something different for the man who wears it. Yeah. Um, and rescue, rescue is a suit that represents Tony's desire to protect what he cares about. Yeah. Um, but like, and and the Ironheart armor is a representation of Riri's um, intelligence and her uh, her her will to you know do good the same way Iron Man does. Yeah. Um, but like any other character who just gets an Iron Man suit, for me that takes away what makes the Iron People special. Right. For for me, for a character to be the same type of character that someone else is, it has to like represent something. It has to mean something different for that person. Yeah, exactly. Um, like I said, for all of the Spider-Men, yeah, they're all Spider-Man, but all of them are a different type of Spider-Man. All of them yeah. behave differently, work differently, and being Spider-Man means something different to each of them. Yeah. Um, so, uh, like, that's just, um, like, that's, that's what Spider-Man is to me. So, like, for Iron Man, it's like, yeah, all of the people who have Iron Man suits and wear them regularly, like, the, that suit means something specific to that character. But for Reed yeah. Richards to just get an Iron Man suit for an issue that he doesn't actually need, um, it's just like, I don't know, it's just, it's, it degrades the concept to me. Yeah. And like I said, it makes Iron Man less special if just anyone can have a suit. Yeah. Yeah, it, it essentially makes me think like, oh, well, why doesn't Iron Man just become... It almost makes me think like, oh, Iron Man should just become the Oracle and supply gadgets and goodies to everyone. Yeah, he, he could. Like, he could. Like, at this point, he could just retire and just start becoming like the blacksmith. Like, he's just... He's he's the weapons guy. He's the tech guy for all the other superheroes at this point. Yeah. So like, so <laughs> I I understand Iron Man's big, especially with the movies, and he's kind of become the centerpiece of the Marvel universe. But if that's the case, then like, don't take away all of the things that make him special. Yeah, exactly. If he's really your centerpiece, you should be building him up as the one, the only Iron Man. Yeah. Make it, yeah, essentially, yeah, make it where, like, no, this guy, he, 
he yeah like you're saying he's the true iron man like he is the one that is best with a suit or whatever yeah and like i said war war machine still makes sense war machine needs to be there because um, yeah yeah like i the war machine armor for rody represents rody's desire to help his friend because the yeah. reason that Rhodey even has War Machine armor is because he filled in as Iron Man while Tony was um, on an alcoholic downward spiral during the yeah. Demon in a Bottle storyline. So, like, and then once Rhodey was no longer Iron Man, like, you know, that's when the War Machine armor came along. So, so that he could, you know, continue being a superhero. So, like, yeah, like, War Machine as an armor still means something personal for Rhodey as a character. It's his... It's his it's his desire to help to help yeah. people he cares about, particularly Tony, but you know, just in general. So like, that's yeah. what, that's what all of the armors represent to me personally, as a, as a reader who reads a little too much into comic books, but you know, no, that does make sense. Yeah. I've like, like I said, I've dedicated my life to the superhero as an art form. So I kind of need to read into this stuff. Yeah. If I, if I want to master the art. Yeah. So, so yeah. But yeah, those are just my thoughts on it. Reed Richards shouldn't have an Iron Man suit. <laughs> yeah. Reed Richards doesn't need so. an Iron Man suit. Reed Richards could have built himself an Iron Man suit years ago if he wanted to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> he doesn't need an Iron Man suit. All right. Those are all my thoughts on DC and Marvel for the week, I guess. <laughs> That Wolverine thing sounds cool. I I hadn't heard anything about that until now. Yeah, I just found out about it. It'll come out in November, the first issue. Cool. I'm probably gonna wait for the trades. <laughs> it, it might like be it do. might be one of the only comics I'll pick up monthly that I haven't picked up in a while. Because like I yeah. yeah now I'm mostly a trade guy, but it might be one I pick up monthly. Yeah, I I always wait for the trades. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. Oh yeah. You can find stuff I'm working on or anything related to me at Dismay Comics. It's D-I-S-M-A-Y Comics on Facebook or Instagram. The first issue of Dismay Avenue, it's finally coming together. It's been a couple weeks since we've done the podcast. I've got uh, a proof of the comic. It looked great. Um, I got the first 25 copies came in yesterday, um, but there were like some small issues with it that weren't on the proof but then i emailed the people and they're getting it all cleared up they'll send me uh the the good 25 copies free of charge that'll come oh in. cool all right yeah that'll come in by the end of the week um so yeah and then from there i'll start working on setting up a kickstarter page for it so yeah that's coming along um yeah you can look at updates on that through facebook or instagram that's that stuff now in terms of recommendations this is for this week i actually read and watched some stuff hardly ever happened but this week <laughs> i read uh a few books like three and then i watched a movie and i'll kind of go from like least to best um all are good all of them are good if i'm recommending them um <laughs> well actually this one i it's a recommendation, but I'll recommend it specifically in a second one. So starting from least, I got the first copy of Three Jokers yesterday. Okay. Um, 
yeah, the first issue of Three Jokers. Um, it's good. I, I, I keep forgetting that that's a thing that's happening. Exactly, yeah. I think most people did. Um, but yeah, I, I, I got it yesterday. I read it. it. It's three issues in total. This is the first issue. And my downside to it is it feels like Jeff John's this three issue series is just going to be building to something. Oh, it might even, isn't this the thing we've been building to for exactly four years? Exactly. That's the thing. But like, there's so much build with this first issue where it just makes me think like, there's no way you can tell a good story with two more issues. So it makes me think that you're going to tell a decent story in two issues and then you're going to, if it's not building to something, it's at least going to lead to something else. That's what it feels like. Um, it, again, this is only the first issue. Um, has some interesting stuff. Uh, not where I, I thought it was going to go with all three Jokers. Thing. I'm not going to spoil anything. Um, I'll have to wait to the next two issues, but I'm pretty sure... I understand the explanation for the three jokers and it wasn't, I don't think anyone really thought it was going to be this. Um, Right now I can't say I like it or dislike it. I will say just based off of this one issue, like off of me speculating, but it seems like this is the case. I'm not entirely of a fan of it because I think most people were expecting something else. Um, But uh, I'll probably pick up the next two issues just because we've waited on this dang thing since Dark Side War. So, <laughs> so uh, I might as well read it. Um, hmm. I would say... Yeah, I was, I was going to say this feels about three years too late. Oh, more than that. Yeah, it's it's like four to five years. Yeah, because... Uh, well, considering the fact that Dark Side War was only like four years ago. Yeah, Dark Side War was... Uh, well, the, the, it was the last or the second to last issue of Dark Side War. So that was 2016. But John's already had this written out in 2015. So mm-hmm. in his mind, he had the whole three Joker thing planned since at least 2015. Um, because in Dark Side War, at the very end of it, uh, Batman sits on Metron's chair and he tries to find out what joker's name is like his identity and then the chair is basically like which one there's three of them so that's how he found out oh there's three Mm -hmm. jokers in the universe and he's been twiddling his thumbs not really caring about it for five years or four (laughs) years as batman um when this seems like it should have been like a, a precedent thing um yeah yeah this this should have been something where he was like oh this is my focus yeah this is my number one nemesis um i've always wanted to know more about him let me put this on let me put this to the side yeah i'll 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 look at this in four years from this this smiley face button feels important right now and it won't be soon but it feels important right now yeah this smiley face button I'm looking at it. I'm looking at it with Flash. Uh, we'll come back to it in like two or three years. Yeah. Or rather, Superman will come back to it in two or three yeah, years. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Not really me. 
Um, After he's done with all that stuff with the with the Mister Oz or whatever it is. Yeah. Uh, I read a Jeff Lemire and you'll probably have to help me with the name Andrea Sorrentino. Or yes, Andrea? And, and I think it's Andrea Sorrentino. Yeah, because it's, it's a dude. So that's okay. Yeah, yeah, that's what I thought. Um, but they came out with a. It's been coming out since like November, but there's always delays with black label type books. Um, they came out with a black label book called Joker Killer Smile. Where okay. it's oh yeah, yeah. You sh- you sent me um yeah. pictures of that. Yeah. And one, like I, I just like the black label stuff, even though it seems like black label something might happen to it in the future that's either good or bad, just because whenever they did all the Warner Brothers layoffs, the person over black label got laid off. Mm. Mm. So yeah whether that would be good or bad for black label um yeah but i like the black label stuff i like the the format i like the big books it's cool even though it doesn't fit in my long boxes i gotta get new long boxes Uh, (laughs) yeah but joker killer smile it's good i mean it's jeff lemire and sorrentino these are two people that are work great together um but yeah um i still gotta read gideon falls yeah i still need to read uh I've only read the first volume, so I got to catch up. Yeah. Um, but yeah, Joker Killer Smile. It's a a new psychiatrist comes to Arkham and is the psychiatrist for Joker. Um, it's it's basically dealing with that. It's three issues in total. Um, it's it's a a good story. Jeff Lemire can give you at least a good story. What really sets this book apart for me is the art. The story is amazing with art. And this book has like some nightmarish horror elements to it. And Sorrentino's amazing with that stuff. So the art is fantastic with this book. The story is good. Um, So, yeah. And then uh, in terms of movie recommendation, I finally watched Parasite, the the movie. I'm not talking about Parasite. The, the TV yeah. show they had. Um, yeah, yeah. A good one, too. I've seen that. I, 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 I knew which one you were talking about, that movie that um, one came the, out a while ago. But uh, I've had this in my Hulu list since, like, March or April, and I have yet to watch it. Mostly my fault, because a lot of times I'm just like, uh, like, whenever I watch a movie or something, I just want to unwind. Like, I don't want to have to read <laughs> Yeah, because it it is subtitled. Yeah, but, yeah um, it's Korean, right? Yeah, yeah, it is. But um, I finally found the time and chance and got rid of that lazy mindset to finally watch it, and it's pretty. It's it's great. It's a great movie. Um, I'll have to give that one a watch. Yeah, it it's definitely worth watching. Like, I I don't know. It, it definitely got super overhyped but to me it almost looked <laughs> for the hype it was pretty good my okay. my main problem with the marketing of it is they marketed it as like a horror movie when it's really not it's a mm. more mm. of a movie that looks at social class and and the the problems and ideas with that that's mostly what it's about but it's really good all right, so, all right. that and then the last one the biggest thing i recommend to everyone is spider-man life story it's such a great book. I finally got around to reading it. I bought it back in like December. 
finally read it. To me, it's like one of my favorite Spider-Man books. So it's for anyone that doesn't know, it's Spider-Man if like he actually aged throughout the decades. So you have him from 1966. Uh, it's like he's 19 years old and it shows key pivotal things kind of. And then it'll, next issue go 10 deck or 10 years later. And then the next issue, another decade later. And then the next issue, another decade later. So the final issue is 2019. Um, and Peter Parker is actually aging throughout this time. Hmm. Really, All right. I definitely recommend it. Yeah, I'll have to read that one as well. Um, so, yeah. Um, Alrighty. Then for me, Plugs and Rex. Uh, plugs are, you're listening to one of them, uh, Store Brand Comics. Uh, you can listen to us on just about any podcast app you can uh, get your greasy, greasy paws on um mm-hmm. slap all up and down on it uh <laughs> and then um i actually have uh another plug uh that i keep forgetting to do we have a dungeons and dragons podcast now um called scoundrels D for terrible people where we play uh, a villain campaign that i run as the dm and brandon and uh three of our friends are my players um we are so, yeah. players, y'all. <laughs> y'all. Um, uh, by the Red time man. by the time this episode goes up, we should have three actual episodes of the D and D podcast up, and um, also the zero episode we did. Uh, but yeah, so um, that's actually been a lot of fun to do. Uh, we we do it in kind of a weird way where um, instead of each episode being a session. What I do is I cut sessions up into multiple episodes. I try to find the best like cliffhanger moments I can find or little bits that feel like a natural sort of place to stop yeah. to uh, cut it into multiple episodes. So that's a little a little different than most people do. But um, but yeah, I try to keep episodes as close to an hour as I can for that series. But yeah, Scoundrels, D&D for terrible people. Um, so yeah. And then uh, recommendations are um, I have been getting into the DC animated movies um, lately. Uh, I started with Superman Doomsday and I've been trying to work my way through chronologically. Then I realized there were a ton of ones based on like the old 90s and early 2000s cartoons before Doomsday even came out. So yeah. I was like, well, now I have to add those to the list. So I've got like Mask of the Phantasm and Sub-Zero on the way for Batman yeah. stuff um like in the mail and all that and batman beyond return of the joker that's that's coming pretty soon too so uh <laughs> like i've got a bunch of dc animated movies that i'm trying to watch so i definitely recommend trying to get into those like yeah, google yeah. some dc movies find a superhero that you like from dc because there's um for the big ones at least there's probably a movie about them yeah. and uh uh just try to you know watch one i definitely I, i've seen a couple of the ones after the flashpoint movie back when they were you know when they were doing the uh, whole shared universe thing yeah yeah that's partially based on the new 52 and partially based on the older stuff um and i will say the stuff before flashpoint is probably better yeah, yeah uh, just like the real dc comics um <laughs> it is cool that they made that universe last so long because the conclusion yeah, I, of it came out like last year it was like yeah i heard that i heard that apocalypse war was a complete wet fart oh, okay i got you because um like 
it was rated R, so like they were vulgar for vulgarity's sake, without it like actually adding anything. Mm. Uh, there was there was nudity because there could be. Um, a bunch of the major heroes got killed in still shots. Huh. Um, and like it just ends with the end of the world, and it's like, and um, I like I've I've seen a lot of reviews of this movie, and it's like I'm going to watch it someday, but it sounds a little annoying too because um. Uh, there's a moment in the movie that I think is probably emblematic of what they were going for with that shared universe, trying to be edgy and adult and all that, where Cyborg is about to die, and he, like, it's like a Pyrrhic victory. He's about to die, but he did something that will, like, win the day as he's dying, or something like that. Now, what do you think Cyborg's last words of victory are? I want you to guess. What do you think Cyborg's... You think it's gonna be booyah, or or whatever uh, Ray Fisher said in the uh, in the Justice League movie. I forgot what he said. <laughs> okay, so so you think it's gonna be booyah? Well, so did everybody else. But and I'm about to say a brief curse word here, but it it would it should still uh, be okay for our podcast. Yeah, uh, just this once. Instead, what he says is "suck it, bitches." What? Yeah. No. Right. <laughs> so yeah, pre pre Flashpoint DC animated movies, I'm definitely gonna recommend to people. Those are pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Um, post Flashpoint, iffy. It's iffy. But yeah, they've already started on a new um, animated universe with Superman: Man of Tomorrow being out, which I'm looking forward to when I catch up, so I can see that. Yeah, yeah. Because I want to try and watch these in order as much as I can. Yeah. So yeah, so those are my recommendations. Um, yeah, uh, Disney Comics, Store Brand Comics, uh, Scoundrels D and D for Terrible People, um, and yeah, that's that's it for the week. I think so. Yep. I have been To, and I've been Brandon, and now we're not, and we'll talk to you next week. See ya. Buzz, buzz this time. Mm-hmm. Let me crack open another water. <laughs> I just ate a single Dorito. One? Uh huh. Is it what kind? Dorito kind. <laughs> um, it was uh, the nacho cheese one. Oh, the, the classic. Yes. The classic, except I think like the third or fourth flavor they created. Oh. Yeah, uh, you want to know what the original Dorito flavor was? Yeah, what was it? Tortilla chip. Ah. It was just (laughs) a tortilla chip. Yeah, we've got enough of those. You can get on with that Dorito. Yeah. So what was the (laughs) second? Was it Cool Ranch? or? Uh, I think it was Taco. Oh, okay. Taco became their default, and then Nacho Cheese and Cool Ranch came later. I gotcha. That makes sense. But, uh... But, yeah, now Nacho Cheese has kind of become the new default flavor. Yeah. Yeah, whenever people think of Doritos, it's like the two are either Nacho Cheese or Cool Ranch. Yeah. Both are good. I think my favorite 
probably be like a spicy nacho is pretty good or or is mm. it chili nacho it's the purple bag the purple bag i don't remember what i think that's a spicy nacho yeah that one's pretty but good. i i haven't eaten enough different types of doritos to really pick an actual favorite above all so oh, before I, was, I don't really uh, do i don't really do spicy stuff and most of doritos like other flavors are like some variation on spicy uh, and it's you. like why though oh i was about to say the uh they're not even Doritos. It's more like Doritos wrapped up. Um, if you've ever had Takis before, Dorito has like their own variant of it called like Dynamite. And it's uh, so good. But like, yeah, if you don't like spicy stuff, you would definitely yeah, do that. And it's not that like, it's not that like spicy stuff hurts or that like I can't handle it or anything. It's just not a flavor I'm particularly fond of. You know what I mean? I got you. Like, I've got a pretty high tolerance for spice compared to other people, but, like, I don't care enough about spice as a flavor, though. I don't like it that much. I got you. Yeah, for me, it's, like, most spice stuff, like, tastes good to me. It gets to the point, though, where, like, I'm, like, eating it, and, like, uh, I don't know, it still tastes good, but I, you start feeling the pain after a little while. But you yeah. still just go through it because you're like, oh, so good. I got to get to the end so I can lick my fingers. It's worth the pain. And then, like, by the end of it or when you wake up, like, your tongue is just completely, really taste anything. It hurts so bad. It's worth it it tastes so good. Oh, it's the cockroach guy from Men in Black. Oh, sugar water. Sugar. <laughs> Alrighty. Speaking of movies. Yes. Um, good segue. Um, yes. It's a good thing. The, se- that the segue next... I will write off the cliff on. <laughs> it's a good thing that that segue actually led to a movie and wasn't a video game. Um, but it actually. 